I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Friends, Romans, countrymen, lend me your eardrums. It's a beautiful day off in the neighborhood. Yellows and greens and blues and browns and grays and hues that ooze through the... Ooze beneath dilapidated woods, and a thing could explain what pertains to cocaine. It's stained that rain. Hey, welcome to the Blackout Tips podcast. Your host Rod and Karen, and uh, that was excellent, Yolanda. I think uh, you did a great job. Yeah, uh, for somebody that was downplaying their rapping ability, I, I clear because when I tell you I'm bad, I'm real bad. By the time I get finished, <laughs> you'll be like, "Oh, what song did she sing? What what song was that?" Yeah, so I think you did great. Um, for people, uh, you know, obviously it's Sunday, football Sunday, a very big football Sunday yes. for Karen Woo-hoo! and her Carolina Panthers. Yes, we had went to the uh the original pancake house or something like that today, and a forty ers fan walked in there, and Roger didn't hear him, but uh because we were sitting close to the kitchen, I heard one of the cooks say, "I know he ain't come up here with no forty ers uh stuff on." I thought, "Oh shit, that that man gonna get his food spit spat in." Mm-hmm, as he should. <laughs> we all know forty ers fans are despicable people, and they uh, often cause a lot of problems for people. <laughs> Uh, I once saw a 49ers fan kick a homeless kid, uh, for no reason. The kid was just asking for some change and he kicked him and told him to get a job. Uh, I remember because I, I said, what are you doing? And he ran away before I could catch him. Um, and that 49ers fan was Steve Young. So people. Oh know, Lord. Yes. People can know for sure that they're despicable people. Um, but, uh, yeah, man, um, this is a Sunday, Sunday football, uh, Big time for all the people that like black quarterbacks. Big time agendas going on today. We got a half black quarterback and a black full black quarterback going today. Um, and the NFC will be represented by a black man, uh, in the Super Bowl. No matter what happens, Russell Wilson, Cam Newton, or Colin Kaepernick will be in the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's all kinds of racial stuff that's about to go down. And I can't wait, man. Uh, it's going to be good. Um, also, in addition to that, the tippies are going on right now. You guys can still go nominate stuff at theblackoutist.com for the first, second annual uh, Tippy Awards. Uh, nominate your favorite shows, favorite moments, favorite guests, and all this stuff. Um, and uh, we'll we'll make sure to get that all calculated and uh, ready to go. Yolanda. Yes, sir. Um, she, You can find her on Twitter, at Miss SuperNerd. And you have a website, MissSuperNerd.com. What is going on there? Um, it is basically um, a lifestyle blog site that I started this year. Um, the people who know me um, know that I'm a professional smack talker for all my girlfriends and all my homeboys. I'm constantly getting in trouble for always having something smart to say. And um, I, I, this is like the classy side of me. This is <laughs> most people who know me know that like my Internet persona is very like censored and together and classy. Whereas if you run into me on the street, there is no cooth. I, I act like I have no home training. So um, this is just a sneak peek into who I am. And um, it kind of gives some insight into my business knowledge because I do marketing and branding and public relations here in Toronto. So, yeah, that's what it is. Um, were you born and raised in Canada or you moved there? I was not. Um, I know I don't sound Canadian. Um, and I'm not American either, even though I sound American. I was born and raised in South, in Southern Africa, but I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, okay. All right. Oh. Cool, man. How long did you, uh, were you in Southern Africa? Um, until I was about 14 and a half. Wow. 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, your accent is completely like, I can't even tell. So, I mean, it's just, that's amazing because, uh, I know, uh, as an American, um, if you put me in any other country and I had to speak their language, I probably couldn't do it. 
and i definitely <laughs> definitely couldn't do it with no accent well, you know what? I, I'm, I've been very lucky. Um, my father, who passed away about four years ago, loved to travel. So we were constantly packing our bags and relocating. So I've gotten to live in Southern Africa. I've lived in Europe. Um, when we first moved to the U.S., I lived in L.A. I actually used to live off of Crenshaw and High Park. For those people who are on the West Coast, mm-hmm. you know I was deep in the hood. I was actually on 8th. Um, but, um, we were in LA for about a year. My mother hated it. And then we moved to Atlanta, which I definitely consider home. Um, I went to school in the Midwest and I live in Toronto. So I've gotten to have a really global view of the world. And, um, when you move a lot, you get bullied a lot for not sounding like everybody else. Yeah. So, um, always been a new kid. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So you have to switch it up. And I guess, um, Atlanta kind of settled in my bones and I've always sounded a little, you know, Southern fried. So that's it. How do you deal with the cold up in Canada? It is not cute. Let me tell y'all something for the <laughs> Americans who are listening. Okay. Um, I went to school in Iowa. Okay. I went to Iowa State University. I'm a very proud university dropout, but I went to school in <laughs> Iowa. And, um, this year was the coldest winter I have ever experienced in my life. Okay. I've been to Scotland. I've been to Iowa, but there was a point where it was minus 43 wind chill and that is degrees Celsius for those people who use the metric. For my Americans, that's like a minus 56. Wow. And I looked at my phone, which has like my weather forecast come up. And I looked outside and I picked up my phone and I called my boss and I was like, guess what's not happening today? I know it's so. Um, you, y'all must have forgotten that you hired an African child who was raised in the South. Guess who will not be at work today? Y'all just don't have to flourish without me. May the force be with you and all that good stuff. (laughs) I know it's so. If I can't work from right here, it ain't happening. Mm, I was listen. I was I was trying trying to figure out how to get them winning lotto numbers. I didn't know who I needed to call, <laughs> but it got real in the streets. Um, you know, it's it. You get used to it. Um, I see. You know, folks with less melanin. I'm gonna be politically correct. I see mm-hmm. folks with less melanin walking the streets in flip flops right now. If I look out my window, because yeah. they're real excited that it's like seven outside. Yeah, the they're other really day it was the other day it was eleven degrees when I got in my car and I went to go play basketball in the morning inside in a warm gym. And um I saw a dude running out of the street in shorts uh and no shirt and I was just like, White people win. This is why white people will always win. <laughs> uh because they just have a fearlessness uh to them that just enables them to do stuff like, Hey, why don't we just take these indigenous people's land? Cause that that type of shirtless uh shorts wearing bravery is just doesn't exist. Uh, for me, man, I just could not see it. And the funny part, they get sick too, so I don't understand. You know, ma- maybe you I'm know, like, don't you get sick? You know what I've realized is that it's all mental. It all comes down to how bad do you want it, no matter what your goal is. And I think I see it the same way with football players, because when I first moved to the U.S., I didn't know what football was. I knew what soccer was, which is what a lot of European, Most like, colonized countries call soccer. Everybody else. You play with your feet. Right. And um, I I was watching a football game, and I think that's when I fell in love with the New York Giants. I apologize. I'm not a Panthers fan. I'm, I was raised in Atlanta, and I'm not a Falcons fan. I'm a Giants fan. You don't have to and, apologize for that. If mm-hmm. you want to root for the Giants, <laughs> you are all, by all means, continue to root for them. And it was snowing, and I looked, and I was like, listen, you better be getting paid some kind of money. You better have some kind of 
deeply invested soul connection to this game for you to be out in that weather. And then I saw like all the fans who were out in the stands and they had like the full body paint going on and the crazy blue hair. And I was like, oh, okay. So all y'all about that life. Okay. True. <laughs> right. True. Now, um, also like for, you know, with your site being Miss Super Nerd and your Twitter mm-hmm. name being Miss Super Nerd, yeah. how do you like identify as a nerd? Like what was the thing that is, what's the nerdy stuff that you, are into that made you go, I am uh, not only a nerd, super nerd. Oh, God, you're going to call me out. So um, <laughs> when I first moved to the U.S., um, I was, like, deeply into, like, the, the school books. I hit them hard. Um, and I graduated from high school with, like, a 4.2 GPA, and I took the SATs twice. The first time, I didn't do that bad. The second time, I knocked them out of the park, and I ended up with a 1580. So I got a perfect Woo. score on the English score. Wow. Um, but I'm also a super nerd in the sense that I love to learn. Like I will ask questions. I have a voracious appetite for knowledge. Um, and then I have this small comic book obsession. Um, I'll be fangirling it. Um, mm. I have a 16 year old brother, so I'm the oldest of four kids and I have a 16 year old brother. He turned 17 this year. So that makes me feel real old. But, um, we hit up a comic book expo that comes to Toronto every single year. Um, since we moved here and I take him and I kind of got him into comic books. So you will hear me getting my nerd on and having full on discussions about, you know, the, the, the disrespect I feel when I mm. see, you know, Chris Evans, who plays Captain America playing Captain America, because if you understand how the Marvel comic universe exists and I'm a Marvel comic fan mm-hmm. girl you can't go from being part of the fantastic four and suddenly be captain america that just violates (laughs) the the laws of physics like you just can't wake up and be somebody else so it took me a while to be you know team avengers because i was like y'all are disrespectful you're just gonna kill off the fantastic four bring out the avengers like we don't understand that if you read marvel comics and consistently read marvel comics there's a there's a situation where the fantastic four and the avengers get together to you know deal with a global threat you can't be two people at the same time because chris evans what you doing yeah you know now the thing (laughs) is uh, I've thought that at first too, especially because Chris Evans was the best part of Fantastic Four, and you know, quite possibly the only watchable part of Fantastic Four, uh, both movies. But um, the thing is, uh, since the movie companies don't get along and yeah. they won't let them do it, I was okay with it because it's basically like a completely different time continuum that they're doing the Avengers universe yeah. in. So I'm okay with that. It's like the ultimate comic books compared to the regular uh six one six comic books. So I- I'm okay with it. Oh see you you got my you got my soul right there. I can tell we family right now because <laughs> you separated yourself. Because you know a lot of people are like, what's the difference? And I'm like, mm let's i can't take you to school this is a lifetime investment you don't have to i've been i've been married to optimus prime since i was five if you don't understand the commitment and the dedication that is required no you know what um i think that chris evans was the best part of fantastic four um because those movies were struggle and strife yeah um and i'm here for jessica albert ever since she swung on a pole in sin city but we all understand that she just has that light skin thing going on acting yes. is not a talent that she has yes um but I love what he's brought to the whole Captain America franchise in the sense that he didn't make a cookie cutter. I understand mm-hmm. in the first movie he had to be very clean cut, but I'm I'm so looking forward to the Winter Soldier. Me like, too. Me too. You know what? Oh my yes. All praises due to the honorable Josh Whedon because I feel like he sat Chris Evans down during the filming of the Avengers and just said, "Look, this how you got to do Captain America. Like this right here." Like it's okay, you can loosen up. You no one's gonna come take your part, Chris. This you. You got this, baby. 
and he did such a good job in the avengers like he was funny Mm -hmm. um he was he also he had a he had a lot more jokes about being a guy out of time um and uh, just the movie in general was a lot more lighthearted. and when i saw the uh uh trailer the like six minute preview snippet for the uh winter soldier when we went to the movies to see something else uh, i think thor um he was so good his cameo in thor was so good i am so excited to see winter soldier you know, I'm I'm just happy that they gave him his cojones because um, when I watched Thor, I was perturbed. I was wondering if I was watching Days of Our Lives because mm. I was like, why are we so in our feelings? <laughs> um, I need you to act like you take the steroids that make you big Chris Hem- Hemsworth. I need you to, to get some backbone. So in the first Thor movie, I was like, oh, this is going to be like X-Men. They're just going to get disrespectful mm-hmm. with Thor. But then, you know, they brought it back. Um, they gave him some backbone. I will, I will give kudos to the writers because you know comic books have so many layers and so many nuances yeah. mm-hmm. um, that a lot of people don't pick up, um, especially if you're not an ongoing fan. Um, but the first Thor movie, I was in there like, how do I get my money back? Like, yes, me too. Money. And nobody likes when I say that, but the shit was boring. The color palette was terrible, and the story was just like. It was so simple and it Very just wasted so much of my time, time because like he gets to earth and literally his whole conflict is, am I worthy enough to pick up my hammer? I'm going to be emo for an hour and 15 minutes. Yeah, I was like, you know what? I- I'm sorry you left your blankie. Yes. Like uh-huh. get it together. Like we- nobody has time for this. And I loved how gangster Loki was. Like yes. I just, you know, Loki was a true representation of what you what happens when you find out that your daddy is not your daddy. I wish yeah. the movie would have been called Loki. Like, like that's how cool it was. Him. Yes, just the Loki movie with a little bit of Thor would have been perfect for me because every time Loki was on screen, like the half of the Thor movie is Loki's origin, and I'm cool with that half. That half all day, son. Thank you, Loki. You you made it interesting, but all the shit with Thor, I didn't care about. Um, so it is cool to see. Um, you know, some of these films get uh, just due, uh, especially on their second time around when Marvel knows they can make some money. Mm-hmm. Now they're starting to make these films better and better. And I- I'm Which so excited good. for the next two years. Now, I'm I'm, I'm hyped. Um, I'm hoping that they bring like a couple of, you know, black comics. Um, I know that they did the Green Lantern a while ago. I'd love them to bring the black Green Lantern yeah, yeah. Um, into it. So, you know, you can get a little bit of melanin. I like the fact that um, for those who've watched, I'm not going to do the spoiler because I know it's not that radio show, but for those who watch the latest Thor movie, you'll mm. see that, you know, Idris Elba got a little more screen time and I thought that was a good look. Um, but, you know, people who are surprised about black comic book fans, I'll yeah. put it that way. Um, I'm very surprised that, like, you know, black comic book fans get hyped. Like, we don't have representation. And I'm like, no, we're in there deep. We're just not as, you know, it's just not as pushed out there. But yeah, understand, that's true. like, we have entire comic book series that are dedicated to us if you do your research. You know what so I wish? That, you know, Marvel does that. I wish DC would kind of, um, in addition to their, you know, I know they want to do Justice League really bad. Um, which, you know, all the news I hear about that just seems so discouraging, but whatever, you know, I really wish they would take the time out and build up like static shock and do like a static shock movie. Cause that actually could be good, you know, and like they, and it won't take a lot of money. 
it doesn't have to even be related to the justice league if you don't want it to it could be a standalone movie standalone franchise and if you cast it correctly i think people will go watch it just because it's a comic book it used to be a tv show um i think people would just go see it just to be like oh yeah here's a new thing dc's doing but instead they seem to be really really trying to copy marvel and this avengers thing to the t it's going to be hard to bring Static Shock, and the only reason why I think it's going to be hard to bring Static Shock is because of the new super is the, of the new Spider-Man movie mm-hmm. with Jamie Foxx starring as Electro. Like it's hard to give you another black electrically inspired like comic mm. book character after you know Marvel because Marvel when they do their comic book movies well they do it them so well. I mean yeah. yes they do. I can't lie. The X-Men franchise has just been so disrespectful on so oh. many levels. Say that again. It's been terrible. Listen, I've, I've, X-Men was the comic book series that made me fall in love with comic books. And I was here for Wolverine from Jump Street. Like, I just wanted him to kill Cyclops and just, you know, mm-hmm. take Jean Grey and be like, this is what it is. And stop being all emo about his situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I saw the X-Men movies come out, me and my brother and I were so excited. And then we went to go watch it. And we looked at each other like, did we miss something? Like, yeah. did we... <sighs> Why does Halle Berry has three different accents in the same movie and no muscles? Come on now. Um, Aurora was African and she came with a gangster. Um, yeah. why mm-hmm. was Halle Berry so polite? Yeah, there wasn't even this like by the goddess moment of of any yeah, of her. Like, I wanted power. Halle Berry to come out and be like the strong female character because I knew Jean Grey wasn't really gonna be you know doing yeah. anything great, and knowing that Rogue was gonna be sixteen instead of being a grown like there were just so many things that were wrong. Yes. Like it was just I was just like so y'all just decided to just rewrite a new comic book series for yourselves on screen so. I was, I'm hoping that, you know, for, for Jamie Foxx's Electro, that like they really give him some depth of character and mm. they let him get, really get gangster with it. Like, I don't want them to be polite. I want him to be as aggressive and as disrespectful as the Green Goblin and mm. no apologies and just go for it. You know, I like, loved, um, the thing is when I walked out of the first X-Men movie, I loved it because at that point in time, we hadn't had very many comic book movies movie, treated that's seriously. True. So like I had this, this like, Oh, look at all the potential Hollywood could, you know, uh, could do so much with this franchise. And, uh, it wasn't until years later after they had completely shit to bed by X3 that I was just like, you know, maybe that movie wasn't too good. And maybe it wasn't good for comic book fans because it really led to a bastardization mm-hmm. of a lot of good franchises. We would, you know, yeah. like that led to that the first, uh, Fantastic Four, which was terrible. Uh, it definitely led to, um, um uh, movies that i you know in hindsight i'm not as kind to but the spider-man franchise culminating in spider-man 3 like it did lead to like so many liberties oh both of the terrible wolverine movies yeah like where you just take so many liberties with a character where it's like i don't even recognize this guy and i've been reading very many different variations of this guy for years and even this seems like a stretch you know you know what? I love, um, I love Wolverine. Um, I think he, when I looked at the original X-Men movie and I saw everything that was wrong, I had to give him kudos for what they, for what they did right. Like they yeah. did Professor X so well. Yeah. Patrick Stewart played him with so much finesse. And, you know, um, the gentleman who plays Wolverine, a lot of people don't understand how classically trained he is. This is a yeah. gentleman who does Broadway musicals and wins Tonys. Mm-hmm. For him to have, to be this edgy and very gruff and very disconnected character was, he did it so well. Like, I, I felt like my comic book literally fell open and this character <laughs> stepped out of it and he got it right. And I, and I felt like they did him so wrong. Yes. Because 
he played Wolverine to perfection and the storyline was just whack. Like they've tried to give Wolverine these two movies and they knew that they had to give Wolverine these two movies because he played the role so well, but everybody else failed at it. Like, Mm -hmm. like I feel like professor X Wolverine and Cyclops were the truest to the, to the comic book series. Mm -hmm. Whereas everybody else was just kind of filler. Yeah. Well, you know what else it is, is Wolverine is being played by a leading man. Yes. So by Hollywood rules, it just dictates that he's gonna get, you know, the, all his own spinoff movie. He's gonna, I mean, shit, by X3, he's pretty much the star of the movie. I mean, mm-hmm. they kill off Cyclops, uh, in the second one and he never yep. comes back, you know? So it will, you know, they completely like, were like, Hugh Jackman is a name and these other motherfuckers aren't. Um, even in the third one, Holly Berry had a big part because she's Holly Berry, not because she was killing Good. that role. The problem is Angela Bassett as Halle Berry. Yes, the, agree. They, I agree. Until they bury me, Angela Bassett would have been the perfect. perfect. She had the right voice to play Aurora. She had the right physique to play for Aurora. She had the right. She just had the right. Mm-hmm. There's just something about Angela Bassett that makes you feel like she's going to beat somebody. I don't know if, if it's me having a flashback to her taking her off her heel and implanting it in Ike's, you know, face and what's mm-hmm. love got to do with it. But ah. I just feel like. <laughs> well she just has a command on screen that holly berry will never have because holly berry's always been the cute sex pot chick in all her roles just about um and and she she's just never had that powerful role where she's you know she's always played the timid girl who's trying to find her voice and by the end she she speaks up for herself but she's never had that I'm a badass role. She did have, you know, the only badass movie that I can give to Halle Berry is when she played that secret agent in the James Bond movie, uh, Goldeneye, I think it was with P.S. Brosnan. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if she was really that badass or she just naked all the time. Right. She was was in a bikini. Um, but you know, I think Halle Berry's, she, she's a good looking woman and I can never detract from her good, from her. Yeah, she's beautiful. Holding it down. And I appreciate that as a mixed woman, you know, as a, as a woman Mm -hmm. with a white mother, she always calls herself a black woman because a lot of women who are of mixed heritage and hollywood will be quick to run to the other side of the melanin scale right so i have to give it to halle berry for you know holding it down for for the sisters as much as she can but i mean she's been the pretty chick since boomerang yeah and she was strong in boomerang too because i remember you know her telling eddie murphy eddie murphy she wasn't about that life mm-hmm. but well shit like since just- uh actually since strictly business but go ahead i can't really give her kudos what i didn't watch no I'll just, I yeah to, like, i'm just messing with you that's it i just feel like she just does it so well. Like I, I'm not a horror movie fan. Like I'm a punk. I'll be very yeah. honest. I can't watch any form of horror on my TV in a movie theater or on DVD where mm-hmm. I can fast forward through the scary parts. Yeah. But she made when I saw that she was going to be part of American Horror Story Story Coven. I, I wanted to watch it. I was like, you know what, Yolanda? No, you're just going to have to take some Xanax and be a G about this. <laughs> 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 in this, you got to hold it down for Angela. And I still didn't watch it, but I saw the reviews and I was just so proud of what she brings to the screen. Well, she's so powerful man and like the difference between her and holly berry is this angela bassett will take a role where she can keep all her clothes on and the entire movie and still command my attention i don't think holly berry would ever try that you know like she will always have to have that and check out my titties all right guys i'm out just because she does need that crutch because i don't think her acting is as versatile or strong as angela bassett Mm-mm. and that's n- in no way is that um you know a diss to her there's a lot of people who can't fuck with angela bassett on screen um, but yeah, she would, it was just a casting mistake. Um, and that, that's the thing I realized about the X-Men movies in hindsight was a lot of it was a, a casting mistakes where people were like, what if we get this big name and not what if we write this role correctly and bring in people that can actually play the role? Um, 
another thing i was gonna say too because uh, you were bringing up all these these movies and stuff <laughs> um like uh it's obvious where you got your nerd from you know just mm. the you know uh, i, I don't think I <laughs> anyone like anyone listening at this point probably has either tuned us all out I know. I'll go on. Is this a damn episode or the nerd off? What yeah. did I turn into? Or they're, or they're like, to everybody listening. Or, or, oh, no. or they're like, this is the greatest guest you've ever had. Man. Cause you know, um, you, uh, a lot of nerd dudes are like a woman talking about comic books. Boing. You know, um, so, so like, what about, you know, just being a female in the nerd game? Like, do you get, uh, find that you get like a lot of attention because guys are like, Oh, look at this lady. She's talking about nerd things. Or is it kind of like, what? Yeah, go ahead. Um, I do, but I think it was it was more four or five years ago because um, I when I first moved to Canada, so I'll take a throwback when I when I dropped out of university for squandering my scholarship and majoring in um, partying and tequila. Uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna be very honest about what happened. Like I, I went to school on a full scholarship, and I did not use that scholarship for what God blessed me with. Um, I just did not do black people right. They were just like, oh, look at the statistic. Um, <laughs> but um, when I um, came back home, um, I was at the point where I was pursuing a recording career. And then I moved to Canada. And um, my management at the time was like, you know, we need images. So I started modeling. And um, I did some, you know, eye candy, like, you know, the bikinis and whatnot, um, eye candy modeling. And then people would kind of see me and be like, oh, she's a pretty face. Mm. And I'd be like, thank you. And then they'd have a conversation. They'd be like, oh, you can read. <laughs> I'm like, surprise. Um, so ah, it was, okay. So I, people are very on 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 either side of the gender on either side of the gender spectrum are always surprised when I speak um, mm. because people see me first and they make assumptions about how I look. And then afterwards, they're like, wait, but like you have a dope personality, like you're cool peoples. Can you cook? And I'm like, I was raised in the South. I better be able to cook. I can't embarrass the South. I like that uh, uh, every guy in the chat suddenly spoke up. Where are these pictures at? Hey, well, I'm paying attention now. Yeah, they all were blanking out for that 20 minutes about comic books. The second she's like, yeah, I used to do some modeling. Word. Um, yeah, so, um, I mean, the pictures, you know, they can't be found. I mean, if you go onto MissSuperNerd.com and you hit the About section, you'll see some recent photo shoots that I've done, um, and they're up there. But, um, you know, people are always surprised when they have a conversation with me, regardless of where I am, because I work in a corporate management role. So when I first stepped into my role, um, I was the only black manager on my floor. Um, I was the youngest manager on my floor. So people were kind of looking at me like, who's this hussy and who did she sleep with to get here? And then I spoke and they were like, oh, she knows what the hell she's talking about. And I was like, thanks. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's why I'm here. Uh, I'm not hooked on phonics. Thank you. Um, so, you know, what? it, it I, I like being the pleasant surprise. I like throwing people for a loop. Um, I like that my intelligence is always like the secret weapon um, because I grew up not being um, applauded for how I looked. Uh, my parents, who are who are African parents, were like, I'd come home with like 98% on a math test, and they'd be like, what happened to the other 2%? Because if you're mm. capable of getting the 98, you should have just banged out 100 and just kept it moving. So... Um, I don't mind being the nerd. I love being the super nerd. Um, I love being able to switch my conversation. I can go from talking about comic books to talking about football stats to talking about basketball because I grew up playing basketball to talking about politics and global warming. It doesn't phase me because I love knowledge so much. It's just like, you know, what? what's next? Throw it at me. Mm. So do you feel like um, like do, like do you ever have guys that, um, you know, approach you? on some nerd stuff though like where they know like hey this you know i know that you're a nerd this would be a good way in let's talk about cyclops versus wolverine and um you know go out to dinner and talk about it 
Um, you know what? Um, no. <laughs> I've never, I wish that they did. Um, so to, to throw people for another loop, um, I am what is classified as a sapiosexual, which means intelligence turns me on. If you can get into my mental, we can pretty much have babies next week. Um, mm. But a lot of dudes hit me with a, yo, so I see you squat. And I'm like, um, I'm African. I wouldn't need to squat anyway, boo. But um, <laughs> thanks. Um, so and then it's 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 interesting because I, I miss the U.S. on so many occasions when I'm having conversations with my girlfriends here in Canada because in, intellectual prowess is not applauded up here. Like dudes are very intimidated by intelligent women when you cross mm. the border into Canada. They want you to be a pretty face. They want you to be Melissa Ford with a fat ass. And, you know, don't say too much. Don't have an opinion. Whereas if I'm in the U.S., guys like it when you can do the back and forth. And they like it when you don't back down. And they like it when you can have a conversation about anything. So um, up here, not so much. If I cross mm. the border, like if I go home to Atlanta or if I'm in New York for business or I hit up Chicago, you know, I can I can get into a five minute conversation and dude is like, what's the last book you read? And I'm like, yes. Mm. Thank you, Jesus. So up here, they're like, <laughs> I can read. Don't do that. Just so like, dude, as, as a sapiosexual, like, um, do you send like sapiosex like on your cell phone and stuff? Do you? You know, like, what kind of stuff does a guy have to say to turn you on? Like, if they say, like, hey, girl, uh, 3.141592. Oh, you know what? You don't have to give me what pie is. Oh, okay. Uh, but thank you for trying to get at me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, you know what? Um, I don't consider sapiosexual, uh, a sapiosexual is somebody who is, you have to get to me mentally before you can ever get to me physically. Like mm -hmm. I work out at least five to six days a week. I love lifting heavy shit for those people who are weightlifters. Um, but I don't care how pretty you are. Um, like I, you could have a six pack, but if I have a conversation with you and you're dumb as a brick, there is no way that my uterus is ever like my like my body's gonna be like we're not sleeping with him because mm. the, the the possibility of procreating with that level of intelligence is just not an option yolanda sit down <laughs> so you have, to, you have to you have to mentally challenge me and it could be it could be something as simple as we're having a conversation and um we're talking about food and then you hit me with the fact that you know you spent six months in belgium and you're planning to go to bali and i'm just like oh really Mm. Do you speak another language? And I'm just excited. Like that, that that's it for me. Like the fact that you're willing to expand your intellectual borders yeah. is huge for me. You don't need to have like a master's degree or a PhD because I've realized that intelligence doesn't require a degree for you to no, have it. No, it does not. You just have to you just have to spark my interest on more than a physical level because I don't think it's hard to find pretty people anymore. Um, especially the with the with the prevalence of plastic surgery. Like you can buy pretty now. I need character, like depth of character if I see that you can engage with a conversation with like a Wall Street stockbroker and then go and have a conversation with your homeboys in the barbershop and you're comfortable in both arenas. That's a turn on to me. I'm like, okay, mm. let's have a conversation because I can, I can take you anywhere, boo. So do you like, like go on, do you go, do you get asked out a lot? Do you like, um, you know, do you find most days boring? Like, how does that work? I do not get asked out a lot, but I feel like dating isn't what it used to be. Mm, um, no, it's not. I, um, <clears throat> so I do marketing and PR for this um, this brand up here called Battle of the Sexes, which is a live talk show that happens with a panel. Um, and it discusses sex and relationship in a modern day arena. So we cover a lot of different things. And my girlfriend who created this event about three years ago um, is really passionate about it. And I love this event, which is why I do marketing and PR for it. But and I'm not too sure if it happens south of the border anymore because I haven't really dated south of the border. But 
in Toronto, which is where I live. Um, it's hard to date. Um, first of all, <laughs> and I don't like to, 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 to paint a, a community with broad strokes as if everybody does it because I don't like to generalize. But um, brothers don't step to you mm. here in Toronto. Um, they will stare at you hard. And um, I don't know if they expect you to be psychic. I don't know if they, they think like this staring is an invitation for you to cross the street and do all the work for them. Mm. But men north of the border don't court women the way that men, especially men in the South do. Because I grew up in the South and I love a Southern gentleman who will step to you and be like, you know what? I just wanted to tell you, you look good tonight. Even if that's all that he does, mm. men don't do that anymore. So there's this absence of of interaction. So when it comes yeah. to dating, like yes, you is. have to have like a match.com profile or you have to know somebody who knows somebody who hooked you up. Um, there's a drought. So for all the brothers who are wondering where all the good sisters are, if you want to come North of the border, there are black women here who are desperately seeking a good black man to hold down because mm. brothers up here either stare at you or they're looking at you like, I need you to be Asian. I need you to be Filipino. I mm. need you to be Latina. I need you to be like West Indian coolie. Just don't be black. Mm. yeah you know that is a weird thing too like uh whenever i talk to dudes like single guys and stuff it is always like race is such a weird topic to discuss with people because mm -hmm. it's so fetishized at this point where yes, it's it just, is you know you're talking to somebody and it's like yeah man i was dating this chick she was half asian and half such and i'm like what does that matter I to the discussion care. we're having like I'm not fucking her and she's not here right now. And it's not like if you tell me that I'm so, I guess in my, in, in their mind, I'm supposed to be like, Oh my God, how'd you pull off half Asian, half Hispanic? That's amazing. Like, but instead I'm just kind of like, I don't really give a fuck with she a cool person. How did the date go? Yes. You know? To me, that stuff that's more important. Yeah. As a matter of fact, that doesn't even tell you how she looked. No, to be it quite does honest, not. she could be a hideous and it's like she's half this and half that. Okay, what does she look like? Well, she plays linebacker for the Steelers. Okay, cool. That's that's really not that hot, you know? No, that that's you not. Know, my thing is, you can date whoever you want to date. Like, I've never been the kind of person, like, and I know that it's hard for a lot of brothers because I have homeboys who have girlfriends who aren't black. Mm -hmm. And um, they say that it's hard for them to be out in the street with their non-black girlfriend because black women look at them funny. And they're always surprised. And I'm like, hey, girl, I love your shoes. Or, ooh, where you get that purse? We that's need to go shopping me. together. Because... It's none of my damn business who you're Ain't going to that bed. That's the truth. It's, like there's there's no agenda for me. Like if that's what you're doing, if she makes you happy, if she holds you down, if she makes you a better man at the end of the day, then you know what? Kudos to her for being that force behind right. you. Yes, ma'am. The melanin content is irrelevant for me personally. I need my brother to be like chocolate. Like I need me. <laughs> I can't even do light skin. Like all the women are like, oh my god, Colin Kaepernick, and I was like, oh my god, is he gonna get a tan? Yeah, <laughs> like, I, was just, I wasn't here for it and I'm not saying he's not a good looking dude like I've seen the six pack I've seen the naked pictures of him holding the football and I was just like uh, no yeah. Wait, give me give me like an Idris Elba I like Lance Gross for like his chocolateness I just hope he doesn't speak because I'm still waiting for the intellectualness to kick in mm. he's very pretty Probably but I'm just happen. like can you read mm. like yeah. what books are you into you know Tyrese used to be a sex symbol until he started talking like I feel like Twitter, Twitter hurt a lot of dudes like yeah, Twitter hurt you got some not, insights. yeah Twitter hurt a lot like because women is a little different dudes don't really care about what a woman has to say if all they want to do is get their dick erect but like for a lot of dudes like they completely fucked up their game because it's like 
hey it's me tyrese and women are like follow 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 i love me some tyrese yeah i'm coming out with a book called girl you need to listen to me it's like oh fuck this nigga bye ain't that's true yeah you know what i and, and my thing is like as long as you're a brother i don't mind like you know people are always like so like yolanda would you never date a light-skinned dude no i've dated light-skinned dudes um and what was know, it they- like like how did you deal with all the emotions and the crying and stuff <laughs> <laughs> you know what um I, I'm, I'm a Libra, so we're very supportive. We're mm-hmm. all up in our feelings. Me too. Um, so it, it's like, it's like, <sighs> dating me is very weird. Um, and I'll, I'll say that because like I'm one of the homies in the sense that I don't get too in my feelings that much. Like mm. if you're a hyper emotional man, I might not be the woman you want to be in a relationship with. Cause I'm going to be looking at you like, so we fucking a what? Right. Like I said you're upset, but are we going to do this and then I can make you a sandwich or do you really want to talk about your feelings right now? Because <laughs> I swear we had this conversation last week. I have the cliff notes. I can repeat it to you verbatim. I told you how I felt then. It hasn't changed today. So mm. um, what's good? I guess like, nothing. Keep it moving. Nothing was so, the same. Um, then. So when I when I dated the light skinned dudes. They weren't all up, like, all of them weren't all up in their feelings. And I think that, like, that's a stereotype. Obviously. Um, where it's like light skin dudes. But it is a good stereotype. Like, it's very funny. And I feel like we should keep perpetuating that as long as we can. But, uh, continue. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off. But, like, you know, I can't have a Drake. I'll put it that yeah. way. Like, Drake is a little too emotional for my feeling, for, for me. Like, I'm just, like, I look at Drake and I'm like, listen, um, we can't be in a relationship. And maybe that's why you talk to girls who twerk because you don't really need to have a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I need you to act like both balls dropped. Yeah, yeah. Or Neither both or, so, or both ovaries in the case of Audrey. You know, take out the tampon. Let's 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 keep it moving. Please and thanks. I'm I'm not here for ah! it. But, <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest. Like I'm not I can't do like the, the, the super and I can't do like the super clingy men. Like mm-hmm. you know how there's some men who like they need to call you fifteen times a day. They need to know that you're okay. Like, baby, are you okay? And I'm just like, I'm grown. Like I yeah. was okay before you. I appreciate that you care, but check on me once. Yeah, like, I know that we're socialized as men to not be but so emotional. And I mean, I think a certain amount of emotional availability and openness is good. But I feel like in society, at least as long as I'm alive, there will always be this line where it's kind of like, and now you're a bitch. Like, no matter how good people talk the game when this is like, you know, men should be able to do this and women, it's all equal and we all have a feminine side. I feel like the day you just start crying in front of your woman for, you know, because, you know, the guy at Pizza Hut forgot to put extra cheese. Like, you yeah, get labeled we, a bitch and it's never a comeback from that. Like, you can never build yourself back up from that time you cried over some bullshit. You can only cry about stuff like death and, um, like, you know, you know uh, injury. You know, if you're going to be all up in your feelings, I need you to come at me like a Lenny Williams or a Gerald Levert. Like, be in your feelings when it's relevant. Right. Like, if you want to, and, and my whole thing is, and I think it's because I, I come from, I have a different cultural compass having been raised globally, Mm. is I need a man to lead. That does not mean that you can't be emotional because I don't want you to lose your sensitivity or your depth of, 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 you know, soul resonance. Mm -hmm. But I need to feel like I can trust you with the hard shit. Like, we both can't be sitting there with a Kleenex. Right. You know, like, I just don't know. How do you feel? And he's all, no, baby, I just, I I don't know. Just hold me. Like, we can't both be doing that that, all the time. I understand that there needs to be, you know, balance. There's going to be a point where mm -hmm. I need to hold my man down and he can't be strong 24-7. But I can't be the superhero all the time. And I think that 
especially for for black women, and I think it's very unfair to black men, there's been this perpetuation where black women have to be a superhero. You're supposed right. to be, yeah. you know, good at work, good at home, good at everything. And then black men, it's like, you can just be a thug. Like, you yeah. don't have to have that many aspects to your character. And I miss, like, give me a Cliff Huxtable. Yeah. Where I know that you give a damn, but I know that there are boundaries to when you give a damn. Like, it happens in the bedroom with Claire when he's like, you know, baby, I'm worried about our kids. I don't right. know what the hell she's doing. I'm worried. But when... <sighs> Sorry, that's my dog. That's all right. What's up, dog? When you hold on, y'all listen. This dog taught me I can't have children because every day is when I'm just like. <laughs> what, what's your dog's name? Her name is Cece. Um, Cece. she's a Shih Tzu, and oh, she man. lost her goddamn mind. <laughs> <laughs> you know the thing is though, talking about like guys and giving a fuck and stuff. Like, um, I do think like. Uh, it has done a disservice to black women in general, like the whole strong sisters that don't need no help and yeah. never need, can never be weak. Like to a certain extent, it's kind of like damaged a lot of relationships because mm-hmm. it should be okay for your woman to be able to be a woman. And, uh, Leonard Brothers brought it up in the chat, but it is kind of, and I was only saying it because it's an understood norm. But yeah, when, when, even when you say the feminine side for guys, it's really the emotional side, but in, in our society, emotions are called feminine feminine and, and so it's, it's like and if that's you, sad yeah which is fucked up but yes. um but yeah i think that a lot of times though um women like especially black women don't get to be women enough nope and by you know just like you don't get to just be like this object that is desired and wanted and people want to please please you and uh people want to like let you have your emotions without just kind of like drowning it out in the sea of uh you you know you a strong black sister so you'll get yeah, over it get over all right it. then all right, peace out. You 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 be all right. I think that's what it is. I think that there is there's no balance. Either you have to be like an Angela Bassett or you have to be a Halle Berry, but there's no in between. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the issue. I think that either you're as a woman you're put on a pedestal for being a physical object. Like yes, you're so pretty, you have a fat ass and you know a small waist and you know perky titties and what that mouth do, or it's you know. I need you to, you know, make sure that the bills are paid and there's no, there's no in between. And I think that that's just a disconnect in the black community with regards to dating either way, because I don't think that for, for, for black men, I'm always concerned because I have a younger brother and he no longer has a male figure in the home to kind of teach him how to be a man. Mm -hmm. But for black men, um, I'm always concerned that. Oh no, is somebody breaking in the house? I'm always concerned. My dog is going through the garbage. It's all right. Just uh, be be strong, sister. You can handle him going through the garbage. <laughs> she not, she has no reason to go through the garbage. But for black <laughs> men, I'm always concerned that there there are two versions of strength. Um, either you're a thug, right. and that's your definition of strength, or you're a black man in a relationship, but you can't show your feelings. Like I've been in barber shops with my brother when he's getting his haircut, and some dude is like, "Yo, my girl left me," and he's like, "Yo, man up, find some new pussy." And I'm like, mm. "No, the dude is hurt." Like, yes. for him to be hurt like this is the forum where he should be able to go to his counterparts and be like yo like my chick left me and you know i don't know how to deal with this and you know i'm waiting for a dude to be like you know what dude like i know how it feels to hurt and i've been there but you know you got to keep your head up you know you yeah. it's gonna be all right you're gonna find yourself another good one but no it's like nah man you know be it you know nah nigga you know don't worry about her you know pussy like a bus to come every five minutes and i'm like mm-hmm. really you know well you have to do like it's a fine balancing act right Cause like I've been in those situations and you have like the public guy talk where you have to do the like, come on, man, man up, you know, don't be a little bitch about this. But then like every once in a while after three or four whiskeys and uh everybody's left the party and you're just sitting outside smoking a blunt with your boy, 
y'all will have the heart to heart like uh uncle phil and uh and wills uh why he don't want me man moment uh and just you can never talk about those that's the thing like nobody will ever know that moment happened i have several of those in my life that i'm never talking about that uh have happened with people and it's between us you just told us so just share it's it's family here it's too late that's the moment's fast as much as you get the moment's already over we have a lot of articles to cover today on the blackout <laughs> tips podcast uh obviously you can find us at the blackout tips.com and on <laughs> itunes and stitcher leave us five star reviews we will talk to you and read whatever you have to say about the show so what's up you don't want to be emotional with us five star reviews no matter how you know bad what? it's okay i'm not gonna put you on the spot because you know what? your wife knows mm-hmm. so she, she be knowing she's been there for a couple she's been there for a couple so. And you know, there are things that should be left in the marriage, so I'm not even going to get all up in your business. Yeah. I, that's a get out of jail free card, Rod. I appreciate but, it. Don't let it happen again. For the record, wasn't going to tell y'all no matter what, but <laughs> thank you for the get out of jail free card. <laughs> we'll be like, oh man, Yolanda got disconnected. I don't know what happened, y'all. She was <laughs> and then pressing the Twitter. Then you know, I just pull a black Twitter move. I'll be on Twitter like, you see, this is why you can't do shit. Right, <laughs> right. Be boycotting us. I know, but like the black guy who I tips, fuck them niggas. I mean, they just run a commercial. Yeah, every, everybody mute Miss Super Nerd. Mute her right now. Or don't listen to the show. Nah, but um, yeah, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Leave us five star reviews, regardless of content. We will read it. Tell us about your emotional moments that you had with your boys. Uh, ah! about why why your father didn't want you uh why your girl was cheating <laughs> on you whatever it is guys just tell us about it and we appreciate it uh you can also leave comments at the website vote in the polls and um send emails and voicemails keep your voicemails three minutes or less for the record if you're gonna leave that voicemail we appreciate you but keep that shit short um and uh that'll be all awesome guys uh ton of articles to cover ton of articles sarah palin is getting a tv talk show didn't she already have a show and it got canceled? She's getting a new one. You're thinking about her amazing Alaska. What Out was it? With, Some, in the middle of Timbuktu where she could see China from a house. That show? Yeah, yeah. She was uh, going out hunting and shit and doing white people shit in the snow. Uh, well, she is going to have another uh, show outdoors on the Sportsman Channel. She said it will not be politically, at least not overt, uh, political, at least not overtly so uh obviously people know that she's been involved in politics she's always trying to like say some shit even though she doesn't read or do any research on politics she does it she just kind of stays in that limelight um and the thing the thing about this is um her entire political career was not really overtly political like Mm -mm. it was (laughs) i'm a pretty white woman right i'm pretty i'm white and i say dumb shit and people are like i love her Yep, a lot of people thought she was pretty. She was like the number one, uh, like porn star, like imitated porn star for a while because mm-hmm. them dudes was like, she makes my dick hard and my wife doesn't. Yep, yep. Um, shout out to, uh, Lisa. Uh, what was Lisa's last name? But yeah, the lady who does, uh, the Sarah Palin impersonation. Um, just was, right. it's just was, was selling. Lisa Ann. Oh, say that again. I'm sorry. I mean, cut you off, Yolanda. Um, she's on, well, I know that Lisa Ann did it, but there was yeah. also, um, the, the writer for 30 Rock, the creator for 30 Rock. Yes. They did a great SNL cover on, um, Sarah Palin. Like, I wish they, I wish they could combine Tina Fey and Lisa Ann's, uh, <laughs> cause, cause Lisa Ann does a terrible Sarah Palin impression, but she does good sex. 
and tina fey does a great ta- uh sarah palin if, uh uh impersonation but she doesn't have sex on camera really uh so it would have been good if we could get both combined into one thing that would have been dope man so uh maybe next year man lisa ann hopefully taking some acting classes out there uh seems like you're gonna you're have some classes to when you're a porn star i mean come on now they're not, they're not even gonna fake into sex um some of them aren't some of them are most uh, of them are not most of them are not this is true um you know what um <laughs> with regards to sarah palin's talk show we just we're gonna, we gonna bring it back to the bottom mm-hmm. of the map um i just feel like it's gonna be good white trash on mm-hmm. tv yeah um and I don't, when I say, when I say good white trash, I don't mean like it's going to be great television. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, I'm just waiting to see what's going to happen with her daughter with regards to, um, the whole, um, baby daddy situation. Levi. Um, yeah. And I just, you know what? If what's, if Nancy Grace can be on TV for 10 years, there's going to be an audience for Sarah Palin. I mean, well, obviously there's a. I don't know if you guys get it up there, but you you ever heard of Duck Dynasty down here? Oh God, yes. Well, her show is gonna be more like that. It's gonna be called Amazing America. Because <laughs> so traveling and looking at the wilderness, like I don't understand what's the premise behind it. Because <laughs> you guys to have America in the title, right? Um, of course, it's gonna profile personalities who like hunting and fishing. She will be the host, and then go around traveling to where these people live and being like, okay, we're gonna shoot some ducks, and then. You know, go out shooting ducks and shit. You know what? I think it's going to be interesting because I know PETA's coming for her edges. Like, PETA is not going to let that last long enough for it to be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that with Duck Dynasty, they didn't have a big enough target because nobody knew who they were. But I think PETA is not going to let her flourish because they hated her when she was running for vice presidency along with, um, what's the man with the... With John the McCain? John, John McCain. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I said T-Rex arms. I'm going to yeah. hell. Oh, sure. Um, oh, sure. <laughs> Army McCain. <laughs> um, but you know, I don't think that Peter's going to let her flourish. Um, in the first, I think that's going to be her biggest controversy. Like Peter's going to be like, she's encouraging people putting bullets in all these animals and you know, all this good stuff. Cause duck dynasty is just about duck hunting and like crocodiles. Like, you know, she's going to, you know, meet somebody who wants to put a bullet in a polar bear or she's gonna meet somebody who wants to kill a mountain lion or some like protected some protected species. animal and and the producers for the sake of getting ratings are gonna let her do it so that Peter can react because let's be very realistic there is no such thing as real reality tv anymore right Mm-mm. so in order for them to get the ratings necessary like right wing america is going to be there for it like the the republicans who like to go out hunting and like to have trophies and like to go to the lodges every winter are going to be here for her but in order for the rest of america to kind of chime in and have an opinion they're going to need to do something that makes america go no that's not going to happen like how dare you put that on tv how dare you let that happen she's going to have to apologize at some point and say she didn't mean to offend anybody but it's her lifestyle that's how she grew up it's culturally <laughs> relevant for her like i can see it happening i don't even think apologize i don't even think she'll apologize and the other thing is um it'll it'll be funny because it'll be the same people that like hate mike vick for fighting dogs that will support her not apologizing for this bullshit because you know it's like in america if you just call it sport uh, and you say you're hunting something then it's completely fine whatever the fuck you do to that thing but I don't um think so because there was that woman who like got into like a, a big like um a big 
scandal for taking pictures, um, hunting, doing game hunting in South Africa, where she's actually banned from um, visiting any like safari reserves in Southern Africa now. Um, and she was like, well, you know what? I hunt all over the world and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And people were like, is this the woman who, who shot the elephant with her family? No, she no, was she, like she took a picture sitting on top of like a lion, a, a, a lion oh, okay. or like a rhino. It was like some endangered species. I think it was a lion, and I don't remember because I was just like, you know what, ma'am, onto onto the next left. Mm. Um, but like conservationists were like, it was it was it became this huge debate, and it happened right before Mandela passed away. Mm. So it became this huge debate, and then it kind of got overshadowed by the fact that there was like the whole Mandela situation, and you know Michelle Obama throwing left eye side, right and center mm. in that stadium. Um, and then it came back to her, and it turned out that like Botswana, which has a lot of safaris, um, Mozambique, Zambia, and South Africa all banned her from entering the country. So she no longer has entry because it became such a huge issue that people were like, huh, guess what's not happening? Do that where you come from. Yeah. So, and she like tried to like release media statements where she was like, you know, um, I paid to do this. So it's like, I bought the animal and it's mm. like, I'm helping conservancy, um, you know, groups because I'm funding their efforts. And they were like, no boo. Well, elsewhere. I'll just, let me add these two things. One, I don't think Sarah Pay is going to Africa. Two, I'm, I don't think she'll actually shoot shit. I think they'll no, have she's like, not shoot anything. I think they'll do like the opening credits with her like shooting a shotgun off into the distance. Is, we don't know what she hit and yeah, she'll probably she's like not gonna shoot turn anything. towards the camera and do a thumbs up. But I don't think she'll actually like go out in the woods and kill anything. I don't she'll be out I th- there with them. But to be quite honest, I think shit. she's a big ass phony. Like I don't think yes. she's really about that life. No. And she's just making money off of these simpletons who like support a pretty woman doing all of the ignorant backwoods shit that they believe yes, in no. but she doesn't man she like she doesn't give a fuck about those people no she, she at the end of the day she like she came out and spoke in support of the duck dynasty dude who was homophobic and racist and and then um when she called out about it she's like oh well, i didn't read the article or hear the quote it's like <laughs> yeah you're just making money you know where the money is and you know the money is in supporting ignorance. So I think that's what she's going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Now, nah, now, nah, yes, she, she, she is very dumb, but she is smart <laughs> enough to know where that money is. Yeah. And America's so fucked up that if she doesn't apologize, she'll get just as many supporters yes. as if she did. Like that's how fucked up we are now where if you go, listen, uh, uh, you know, hey, hey, I'm, I'm in this interview and you asked me a question about such and such and I answered it and go, niggers are terrible. All of a sudden it becomes a scandal. Everybody's like, uh, get this guy off the air. And then it's like, well, uh, don't get him off the air because he has freedom of speech. No, you don't understand. And then by the time it gets back to me, I just go, you know what? I'm doubling down. Niggers are horrible. Not just terrible. They're horrible. And people are like, yay. Thank you for saying it. You finally had the courage to say it because people Here's are that fucked money. up in America. God. I, I won't be watching. That's all I know. I'm yeah. not here for it. I ain't watching this shit either. Uh, speaking of other shit uh, oh hold on I'm getting an echo for some reason hold on Uh, oh that might be me hold on alright can you hear me now yeah one two one two yeah yeah it's back Um, I mean the echo's gone Um, the uh, pastor tried to walk on water like Jesus (laughs) how'd that go he drowned in front of his congregation that sounds about right (laughs) apparently walking on water not easy nope I'm not I'm I'm sorry to laugh and mm. the reason why I'm I'm sorry to laugh is um you know rest in peace to him and you know I'm you know condolences to his family mm-hmm. but there's a reason why people like Jim Corash and the gentleman who took people into the bush and made them drink Kool-Aid didn't attempt these things mm-hmm. um 
the Bible is not fact for fact in every single in every single passage. And I say this because you have to understand that there has to be some exaggeration in order for buy-in. Now, do I discredit Jesus for walking on water? I wasn't there. I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. But when you understand the physics of walking on water, if it's not a frozen lake and you don't know how to swim, mm-hmm. which should have been the next question he asked. You know, I have faith. I'm going to walk on water. But can I swim? Like, how did <laughs> that come truth. to Jesus moment with Jesus? Like, Jesus, I'm about to do you in order to inspire faith and to lead my flock and to be a fisher of men. Um, maybe I should take some swimming lessons. What if he could swim but refused to because that's not what Jesus would have done? That's his fault. He would have swam. <laughs> he was just floating on the bo- floating down to the bottom like, anytime, God, come on. Whenever you're ready. And I'm, I'm no longer Christian. I'm Buddhist. So we're just going to throw that out there. Okay. But there are passages in the Bible that specifically state that God's, God will help those who help themselves. Mm-hmm. Okay? Uh-huh. There are parables that have been put out there where there was a man who said, you know what? I need God to show me that he's real. And he was driving along the side of a cliff one day and he was falling and he fell into some water and God sent a boat and he said, no, God is going to save me. God sent him a life raft. He said, no, God is, is going to save me. A shark came and got him. He got to the pearly gates and he was like, God, why didn't you save me? God was like, I sent you a boat and a life raft, my nigga. Like, what mm-hmm. were you doing? What happened, dog? Um, like you should have swum, you should have got in the boat and be like, you know, God had the, had the divine providence to send somebody to come get my ass. Well, according because to was busy trying to help people with AIDS and 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 wars, and understood that there were priorities on the scale. I just need people to just start having realistic conversations. Like I'm sick and tired of people making God this esoteric super being who doesn't ask you difficult questions. Because for me, faith dictates that God is going to be like, you know what, child, I'm glad that you want to be a fisher of men. I'm glad that you want to recruit people to find a faith that. That makes them better people. Um, if you want to walk on water, you know what? So be it. I would have given him more kudos if he had said, you know what? Jesus did this because he was the son of God, according to my faith. And only he can do it because he was the son of God. I know mm-hmm. that I'm a child of God, but he was the son of God. What I'm going to do is I'm going to walk on water and I'm going to show you how God saves you if you can't walk on water. Because Jesus was walking on water to save regular nigga. That's what you are, a regular nigga. <laughs> well, according to him, he you received... A revelation. Did. He received a revelation from Matthew fourteen twenty three to thirty three. That thou shalt drown said, if thou can't swim. Immediately he made the disciples get into a boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. The evening came, he was there alone, but the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night he came to them, walking to on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, he, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out of fear. And, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, saying, take heart. It is I. Do not be afraid. Um, and Peter asked to, answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. So two people was walking on water at this point. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him and saying to him, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? And when they got onto the boat and the wind ceased and those in the boat worshiped him and said, truly, you are the son of God. So this dude was like it. I figured it out. You just got to believe. And if you don't doubt yourself, you can walk on the water and you just had to have faith. 
I need people to read the full instruction manual. See, this is why, this is why black people don't shop at Ikea because you don't like reading instruction manuals. <laughs> and putting shit together. Homie, first of all, questioned the good Lord and was like, is it really you? And if it's really you, then let me walk with you. Mm-hmm. Number one. So you just can't be like, I believe and do it on your own. Because mm-hmm. Jesus was like, okay, come on over. And he said, you have to have faith. But at no point did he say, you have to have faith and you can do it by yourself. Yeah, well, according to this. People to read the full instruction manual. You know what? Pastor Cabell said, mm-mm, I got this. <laughs> I, got, I got it on my own. According to our witnesses, he took his congregation out to the beach. He told them that he would cross the Combo Estuary by foot, which is nearly a 20-minute boat ride. <laughs> Sadly, by the second step in the water, he found himself completely submerged. And he never returned. So, uh. He just wanted to commit suicide with witnesses. Maybe that's it. Yeah. He was like, oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> um. My whole thing is, why wouldn't you save yourself? Like, uh, there, there are so many, you know what? I'm just going, rest in peace. Just, you know, just. Yeah, he should have known how to swim. He knew that if he were to wear a life jacket, it would show he didn't have enough faith. So he was in the catch 22. Um, you know, the other thing he could have done is not try to walk on water. Uh, White House has said that the government cannot force Jimmy Kimmel off the air. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel had a skit where, um, he made, uh, he talked to kids about foreign policy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, China came up and we owe a large debt to China. Mm-hmm. Children, Amen. children not being very understanding of, uh, you know, foreign policy and decorum and stuff. Uh, oh, don't. Provided some very unique answers. And Jimmy Kimmel, uh, being an adult with a comedy show, did not really censor the kids too much. And one of the persons, it was the, funny. Yeah, one of the kids said, uh, instead of paying them, we should kill everyone in China. And, uh, p- people got upset. So there was more than 105,000 signatures to the White House website. If you have a petition that gets over 100,000 signatures, I believe the White House has made a policy where they will answer or release a statement about it. Um, the petition wanted him banned from the air, uh, get him off of ABC. And the White House basically came out and said, um, we can't do that. Yeah. This is literally a freedom of speech issue, which is amazing to me because this is in the same country where if I, where if you like lose your job over saying some dumb shit, a hundred fucking idiots will come out of nowhere and go, what about freedom of speech? And that is not freedom of fucking speech. That's completely different. You can say it, but you do not require to keep your fucking job. This in this, in this, is the exact opposite scenario where you have these same assholes this time because they were offended by a dude talking about foreign policy and making mm-hmm. jokes that are like, get him off of the air. And it's like, no asshole. This is the freedom of speech thing. We can't yeah, make him get fired. Father. Okay, so I missed this entire thing because I don't turn on mainstream media because mm-hmm. I just don't like being brainwashed. But here's my thing. He didn't say it. A five-year-old did. Mm-hmm. Why you mad? Like, why don't you go have a conversation with that child's parent? Because, you know what? And here's the thing. The child's, the child's thought process was built on the logic of what the media perpetrates. Right. The child's thought process is if somebody's bad to us, we usually go and kill them. Isn't mm-hmm. that what we do? We go and we bomb Afghanistan. Hello. They bad to us. That's we what go they and teach We bomb you. Iraq. They were bad to us. We went and we tried to bomb Cuba. Fidel was like, no, you don't. But they were bad to us. So it's not like the child was out of line in terms of the general logic of most Americans. If somebody comes at an American, the first thing that I've learned is you don't come at America because America is the greatest country on the planet and we're going to bomb your ass. The other good thing is this. The reaction usually is. So the child simply follow the logic of what they see on TV all the time. If Mm -hmm. somebody is bad and we'll take it to cartoons, because if you take a look at the Mm roadrunner, 
if you chase me, I'm gonna drop an anvil on your head, Wiley Coyote. Right. Don't come for me because I'm gonna come for you. And the child simply reacted to the logic that they're programmed with from the day that they come out of the womb. So why are you mad? If you're so upset at the statement that the child made, maybe you need to have a conversation about what the media continually perpetrates. Well, the other part of this is, uh, that, that I think got lost in the shuffle. Uh, the kid is fucking five. That's the joke. Come on. Five year olds say the darndest things. You know what I mean? Like the whole segment is we're going to talk about something deep and fucking complex with a five year old. Five year old says something outlandish. We all laugh and then we go to the next segment. These motherfuckers got 105,000 signatures. 105,000 people didn't have enough shit to do, but they, they yeah, found dude. the time to go and, to the web, the White House, White House's website and go, why can't we get Jimmy Kim off the air? And, and do you know how many people looking at their five year olds going, you say some dumb shit. Come on now. Yeah. Um, all you right. Know what? Yeah. It, mm-hmm. it, you know what? I think it, it all comes down to, once again, it all comes down to what you let your child take in. Um, and it all comes down to parenting because I'm mad. I'm, you know, kudos to the people, to the 105,000 people who, who sent in the signature about what a five year old did. I want to understand why we, as people of color, can't get together 105,000 deep and send a petition to the White House about Trayvon Martin or about having little girls twerking on YouTube and how that's just a violation of their every basic human right mm-hmm. or how they have babies twerking. Like, let's at the end of the day, I don't I don't I don't negate the fact that 105,000 people got together and had a voice about something. I negate the focus because I think if they had said, you know what, this is a wake up call to us about what our children are being exposed to in general. And the White House needs to have a bigger role in the, the messaging that's available to children. Then I'll be like, OK, cool. It's not just about Jimmy Kimmel. It's about the media in general. Mm. But you know what? I'm not going to knock it. Yeah, I, I negate, I negate this shit because this is the same motherfuckers that the, the petition level had to be raised because they wanted the White House to answer about creating a fucking Death Star from Star Wars. Fuck them yeah. and fuck <laughs> these people. You have too much time. They should move it up to a million signatures because this is ridiculous. The, there's better shit that you need to be worried about. The reason black people don't do that, we have bigger shit to worry about. We know a fucking petition ain't gonna save us. You know what I mean? Like, Trayvon was getting addressed by Obama regardless of how many signatures were on some shit. Um, but like, uh, if, let's say, um, the kid that got harassed at Barney's, uh, th- we are like, um, yeah, we know we're not gonna stop fucking, uh, profiling with a hundred signatures because our real we have real fucking problems and i guarantee it's just a bunch of spoiled entitled people that were like i don't want this guy on my tv because i disagree with him well guess what that's life motherfucker we are all black and that's what we do every fucking day of our life we watch shit on tv we see shit we absorb shit that we don't have choices with we go to work with motherfuckers that kind of kind of don't like us hello and there's now. nothing we can do about it not a damn thing and no amount of signatures will change that so fuck these entitled people but uh you know i I welcome all discussion. Your feelings. Sorry, I, I welcome all discussion though. You know, um, <laughs> it's good. It's good. Good for those people. Um, Robin Roberts, host of the uh, co-host of the Today Show or um, Good Morning America, uh, backbone of Good Morning America. She came out uh, very discreetly through a Facebook post a couple weeks ago, and uh, pretty much a roundabout praise for her. Like, I know I didn't hear anybody say anything negative about her. Mm, she did it smooth too for a good week. Um, cancer survivor. Come on now. You know, thanking the person who helped her get through her cancer, cancer. in her mm-hmm. Facebook post. So classy. Um, 
and of course that lasts for a week because on sunday 53 year old um uh i mean uh peter la barbara president of americans for truth about homosexuality after if you guys want to know what that oh lord not after a-f-t-a-h is the acronym for americans for truth about homosexuality which uh sounds like the the way that gay dudes say after right after that um has described robin roberts uh coming out as a tragedy wow mm-hmm. it's tragic that she came out of the closet on sunday she came out uh publicly acknowledged for the first time she's in a relationship with girlfriend amber lang i will repeat what i said at the time thought she was out a long time ago had no idea that uh this was even gonna yeah, make waves because she was very asexual like she never talked about yeah. it she never discussed it it never came up as a topic nobody when she got interviewed nobody ever bought it up at all yeah no shade to anybody in public life but i feel like whenever um there's a celebrity who's extremely asexual uh or a political officer like a person that's just completely asexual i've gotten to the point where i'm just like they're probably gay and they just can't say it because you know society has this pressure on them and it's going to become a distraction to their career uh, because you know people are really big dicks about this but Mm -hmm. it's loosening up now and i was glad for robin roberts i was happy for her and her partner that you can kind of like be open and free um so of course this guy took this statement which was i am grateful for my my entire family my longtime girlfriend amber and friends as we prepare to celebrate a glorious new year together he took that statement and said i think every coming out is a tragedy um every time a person comes out openly as homosexual it is an extra step of defiance of advocacy and how sad that our first lady and the white house in general and president obama as well all celebrate homosexuality he called marriage equality movement evil and the homosexual so-called marriage movement has become a huge platform to corrupt children. Uh, later in the program, he described the transgender community as satanic. Uh, transgender advocacy are people who believe that their biological sex, male or female, doesn't have what doesn't match what they feel. I'll tell you what, Vic, Satan really works through feelings, doesn't he? I, I love when they end, a que- end with a question mark and then the host has to take a stance like, uh, I, I mean, if that's a thing that you are saying, then that is that has been said. It's like, no, no, co-sign this. You got to have a show next week, right? <laughs> uh, you know, Peter, years and years ago, the old-fashioned circus used to have a display in some kind of cage or display factor that had a bearded lady as a freak. Today, we don't even have to worry about that. It will be happening in your department stores. It will be happening in the public school. Each of the cross-dresses and transvestites, all of this type of thing certainly is what you're talking about. Yeah, and, and he'd have been pro-slavery, too. <laughs> Kick them slaves. Everybody, go, mm, don't, don't you free them slaves. Do you know our world will never be the same? If Negroes get free, Lord have mercy. What are we going to do? You know what? Um, <sighs> first of all, um, I'm waiting for his statement on Ellen because I bet he's never said anything about Ellen being gay. Mm. Come on now. Number one. So this goes beyond Robin coming out as a gay black woman. And I think that the reason why she finally made a statement about it, whether or not she's been out or whether or not she's had a conversation with uh, with it, is because she survived breast cancer and she hit the fucking button and she was like, what's the worst that could happen to me? I died, yeah. Unemployed, but you know what? I've been through chemo and radiation and they almost cut off a, tit- a titty. What's the worst that could happen? I'm me and I'm here and y'all going to deal with it. So just y'all going to have to live. Um, but first of all, it's, nobody's damn business who Mm -hmm. comes out the closet 
The only time that it should be an issue is if you feel like it's a direct threat to you. And I feel like Homeboy, who's the head of AFTA, is probably taking it in the back on a regular basis in mm-hmm. the back. And he's waiting to come out with a box of glitter and some fun glue. He like, does protest too much, right? Yeah. A lot of these dudes, because I hate to use, first of all, I don't like to level, level that as like an accusation a lot of times. Because I know that even though it makes me feel better, it's basically leveling homophobia back at homophobics, right? But... Sometimes when you hear like people protest like this, there's a part of me that's like, dude, you think about this shit way, way too, too much. much. I am straight. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm pro, I'm pro marriage equality and all that, but I'm mostly pro that shit because I don't give a fuck. I don't care who's fucking. It's not my dick. Do what you want to do with it, people. Enjoy yourselves. You're all consenting adults. Who the fuck obsesses about this and creates an organization to stop it? Like, why are you thinking about it so much? You kind of want some, don't you? You want some dick. It's okay. Like, I just feel like you're just doing too much. Like, if his advocacy group was against pedophiles. Right. And Robin had come out and said, I like to touch little girls, tune tunes. Then I'd be like, you know what? Go ahead and do your job, Sir Flourish. She is the demon spawn. But she came out and she, it's not like she came out and she dropped a sex tape and right. she was like, you know, I'll be getting in the green room before I come on air. And like, sir, really sit down and shut the hell up. Because, that, and you're not joking. Yeah. A lot of these people who are like, oh, I hate the gays. You know, it's, it's blasphemy. You know, their sons are the first ones to come out. Like their yes. sons are the first ones to be like, I do choreography on Broadway. Hey. It happens then, way ah! too often. Like there was that one pastor. We, we watched a documentary about him where it's like, like it because the documentary started off as like supporting him and then the scandal popped off i think it was like ted haggard or something yep. but but like halfway through he has a scandal pop off and so the documentary kind of twists to like what the fuck happened and the, and, and the scandal is like yeah that i used to get high on meth with this dude go to a hotel and suck his dick dude but it's not gay though <laughs> right <laughs> He's like, well, you know, it's just a sin, just like any. No, you are gay. You like sucking dick in a hotel. How am I? You probably, that's some gay shit, bro. I'm not saying, maybe you're not gay. Maybe you're on the spectrum of some other shit. I understand the sexuality comes in spectrums, but that's some gay shit. And you were completely against that like a month ago. Can we talk about it? No, I just, my, my whole thing is, you know what? I, I appreciate the way that she came out because she didn't make a spectacle of it. Right. I appreciate that she was classy about it. She was discreet about it. It came out on Facebook to people who she was Facebook friends with. I don't know if it came out on her public profile or it came out on her personal profile and somebody screenshotted it and decided mm-hmm. to share it with the universe. But you know what? At the end of the day, I feel, I, I feel bad for people who are in secretive gay relationships with somebody who's in the spotlight because it, it denigrates what they're going through. It's like right. you're in a relationship, but your relationship isn't important because of the sexuality of the person that you're with. So you're somebody's dirty little secret and they have to hide you. And I think for Robin, she had been through so much. She had suffered through so much and done so many things in secret because it wasn't. And I don't know what the reason was. Maybe she's just a very private person or maybe the network was like, don't tell people you have breast cancer. Um, but at the end of the day, you get to a point when as a grown ass woman, you just don't have time to be putting things under a bush and being like, oh, I'm sorry, I can't tell you this because I don't want to make you uncomfortable. She has to be comfortable in her skin. And I think when you go through a life changing experience like fighting through breast cancer and you survive it and you're good and you look in the mirror and you think, wow, I woke up again this morning and I don't have to take all these pills. I don't have to go through this. I don't want to have to apologize for anything else. So kudos to her. Homeboy with his tiny dingaling who likes to do God knows what behind closed doors needs to mind his business and focus on raising his children. If you think homosexuality is an issue, let it be an issue in your home. Don't perpetrate your agenda on other people. I think gay people should go undercover. Like whatever a dude like this, 
starts talking this kind of shit like someone should join his gym and just like befriend him and just keep it like uh you know just record it with surveillance set up some cameras and then just one day politely offer to suck his dick and then when he says yes just go aha motherfucker i knew it welcome to the internet asshole i know i know that's what this is about it's been about you and your dick the entire fucking time no way you hate gay people this much nobody does um sashir uh zamata is uh a lady she's a black lady and she's joining saturday night live oh that's right um see i don't watch tv yeah, no problem. She, it hasn't she's started the yet. First black female, like seven, eight years. Six years. Six. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. Apparently, uh, you know, black people discovered that no black women were on the show after six years. Come on. Because um, black people don't really watch the show like that. But no, um, we don't. Even still, <laughs> which is funny. It's been very boring. If it wasn't for a very salaciously titled article no one would have known or cared about this as much it would have been like an undercurrent of like they only had no black people on that show but instead it was like um they put a headline on a quote that Kenan thompson said that made it sound like he was being dismissive of black women's talent uh when i really think he was just more saying like i'm not wearing no dress no more <laughs> i'm not wearing any dresses and they were like why don't you have black women on the show he's like uh the ones that they're screening apparently aren't that funny like it's hard and people were like, fuck you, Kenan Thompson, you the problem. That's the, you the problem. It's like, uh, you know, in hindsight, I think you have to look back and, uh, his quote probably led to this. Um, and uh, that article being salacious probably led to this. That, that, um, but now that, okay, what were we going to say? I'm sorry. That's true too. And I did, I've learned that they said when Saturday Night Live actually looks for stuff, mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff they look, you have to pay in to go to like a lot of the places where they yeah. get people. So if you can't pay to get in because they were interviewing like other like female black comedians that were kind of on the hunt, you know, when they were looking and I was like, I can't quit school. I can't quit my job and pay to be into this. And it was like a lot of places where we perform. They don't go to these places. Well, also, um, a lot of these places are extremely like a lot of these like upright citizens grade and uh you know uh forget the place in chicago they now ucb uh wait not ucb um there's another one that is out of la and chicago the, like these improv things are very white anyway mm-hmm. there's some white shit to do kind of like it is very like i have money somewhere else i have a parent who can subsidize my shit or i'm gonna chase this dream i'm just gonna drop out of school and um like there's just not a lot of black people that are kind of in that scene anyway mm-hmm. um but uh more importantly you know we've kind of discussed this on the show saturday night live um as a entity that tries to do comedy of all types that cover american and pop culture topics they probably should have different people of all kinds of races on staff just yes. because how do you cover something that pops off if if michelle obama and barack obama go out and uh you know there's this epic side eye mandela's that should have been uh, homecoming celebration that should have been running joke you can't cover it because you don't have a black person on staff hello so you know and keenan can't put on but so many dresses so that's true um i think that uh the thing the thing is that i'm noticing now is she just got noted like just got noticed that she got hired right people are discussing that they're already writing pieces about whether or not she is even funny, what she has to do to be on the job. Like they this is like antithetical to fucking comedy. Like mm-hmm. they're overthinking everything. And now I'm like, I was kind of looking forward to this. Now I'm not 
because i feel like she's gonna get on the show a bunch of people who don't watch the show and already don't think it's funny are gonna, are gonna start, start watching because she's on it and then they're gonna like turn it into like a racial fest of like it's she's not getting the best skit because she's black and she oh i saw this scene mm-hmm. and she wasn't funny or she didn't have enough to do and it's because she's a black woman wearing you know this the 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 saturday night live like vehicle is hard to crack for any new comedian like when you get a new cast member they don't just put you in the star uh spotlight right away oh no um and i think that that's gonna become a thing man so i like i'm already kind of like um you know saddened by or just you know like not like kind of becoming not interested in it and the more interesting thing that i read was they hired two black female writers which i think is way bigger than having a black cast member yes you know because like comedy is about perspective so in order for her to be funny or or flourishing skits at all especially from any other gays than just straight white people's gays it would be cool to have black female writers because they might find a different angle on what's funny we do this all the time we watch commercials you know i think black people we do it by you know by default we can't help it we watch movies we watch tv we know this shit we're like, no black person came up with this. And and the thing is, too, okay, they hired two black female writers. Great. But my question is, the fe- the female writers that they have, mm-hmm. how black are there, is their writing going to be allowed to be? And I'm not trying to be funny mm-hmm. when I make that statement. It's, it's like, are you going to be black writing a white style for a black person? Or are you going to be black writing a black style for a black person? Because to me, there is a difference and there is a difference in how it comes up across comedically. Well, there's also no guarantee they'll get skits on the show. That's true too. Cause now. like, like I, like I said, it's going to be really interesting, real big culture shock to see a lot of black people being introduced to how Saturday night live and improv comedy works. Cause you could think that you have a funny skit. You could be a hired writer. You can do all this shit. You go to the writing room and your skit doesn't clear for that week. That's true. You just don't get a skit on the show. Ah. You know what I mean? Or, you know, a skit with you in it gets pulled. You're not on the show Saturday. True. And I feel like so many people are just going to be measuring this by like, did I see this black woman and was she funny? And that's it. People are already looking at her YouTube videos and being like, she ain't funny. I don't like her. So it's just, uh, it's just going to be, pretty fucking uptight man um i know you say you don't watch tv uh yolanda so i, I understand uh, you know what um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give her the the benefit of the doubt and see what happens um i usually i usually like to give you know i, I usually like to take everything with a grain of salt i can't i can't jump onto something without having seen what you bring to the table um i do think that you know if people are so hypersensitive about having black female cast members on a comedy skit show uh, bring back live in color Let's yeah live in color simple and just come up with your own with, and just come up with your own um with your own tv show i think that at the end of the day people are are always mad about something that they're not responsible for like hello people are quick to be to be like oh well they should do this how about you do it why are you constantly waiting for somebody else to pick up the ball and run with it if it was such an issue first of all it took us six years to notice that there was a black woman missing six seriously <laughs> Like, really if it wasn't for that article i like people still wouldn't give a fuck it was nope. just, and it was the way the article was written it wasn't even like keenan woke up and said let me talk shit about black women mm-hmm. he got asked a very tough question it was like i don't know the answer to that i don't make those decisions i'm i've been to a few auditions the women that i saw weren't funny 
and that's all i can say and people took it as keenan keenan thompson hates black women he doesn't think they're funny uh he wants to dress in a dress and he don't want competition and um yeah and i think that if it wasn't written that way people wouldn't still wouldn't give a fuck of course pretty much so i think i think at the end of the day i will i will i will see what happens before i form an opinion but my my opinion is this kudos to her for even landing because comedy is predominantly a male genre like it's it's hard for women to flourish in that arena to begin with so kudos to her for even being recognized and being selected for that opportunity kudos to her for using social media and the internet to make herself visible enough to even land the role um but at the end of the day, if you're going to be mad about a situation and you don't like how it is, then change it. I'm sick and tired of folks being quick to run their mouths about something like they offered a solution. Mm-hmm. I didn't see anybody. I didn't see black folks getting 105,000 deep and, and getting a petition together and right. sending it to Saturday Night Live and saying, hey, we need a black woman on it. Right. It, it took controversy. And maybe Keenan was smart enough to be like, you know what? Hey, I need to ruffle some feathers in order for this to happen. It might have just been a really smart, like a really smart political move for him to be like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna get under people's skin so that this happens. It might just have been him being misquoted because the media likes to, you know, get out what they wanna get out. But at the end of the day, like I'm gonna give her the opportunity to showcase her talents. If she's not funny because she's not funny point blank period, then so be it. Because bad writing is gonna be bad writing, but she should be able to deliver. I'm gonna see what her chemistry is like with the rest of the cast and yes. I'm gonna let her ride. And only time will tell and the thing is that I don't think people will give it time. You know the other thing that uh people need to do? uh you need to support black comedians anyway like if this is your thing you're gonna pick it up because it's making the paper are there any local black female comics in your area are you going to see them are they funny are you supporting them are you helping develop their career like um are you following them on twitter at all are you promoting their youtube videos um Issa ray basically became an overnight sensation well i say overnight but she became a sensation because of the awkward black girl um uh uh series that she has mm-hmm. and it's because people actually supported it and promoted it yes, they did to a point where people had to take notice i feel like um in a certain way, Saturday Night Live is going to always be able to get away with this. Other companies are going to be able to get away with this because at the end of the day, when I can just turn back to you and go, okay, so name me some black female comics that you would like to have and you can't name any because you don't support them. You know what I mean? True. Like you yourself don't take your time out to go, let me go search for it. So uh, even these people whose job it is, they feel like there's not enough interest in getting these people i I still think they should have done it already i still feel like you know it's uh if you're gonna your company is the sketch comedy company that makes jokes about everything you should already have people on staff and it's a glaring oversight which they seem to have corrected but at the same time what's to stop this from happening with anybody else if we don't support people on our own it's the same reason we have a podcast is because you know i this you can't one you can never hear something like this on your radio but of course not number two um if you wanted this to be on the radio then support this now mm-hmm. because this is why people buy radio buy shit and get it on the radio. radio this is why people give people bigger platforms because they see someone supporting it already and they go oh they're generating that kind of support maybe we can use them here so i, I just feel like it's kind of unfair don lemon had to chime in on the subject and he is also mm-hmm. the subject of our, what karen he's <laughs> he's the subject of our uh our first game of the evening uh fucking with black people so let me uh get my music here why'd that turn down we're just fucking with them black people we're just fucking with them blacks 
We're just fucking with fucking with black people. That's right, guys. It's time for fucking with black people. Today's contestant, lifetime uh, award-winning nominee of fucking with ah, black people, ah. is Don Lemon. And Stay on the list. What he done did now? He wanted to talk about Sashir Zamata. Mm. Isn't that? You see, it's like I'm a professional. The way I link all this shit together, isn't it? Um, and he had some commentary, and uh, I saw a lot of black people got upset online because he uh, because of the last sentence of what he had to say i will play it for you guys and we'll see if it fucks with you at all we're gonna judge it from scale of zero to 100 in intervals of 25 here is the clip from our new york studios it's having technical difficulties because it's so cold (laughs) don lemon you know it's cold when you can't get the equipment to work in the studio (laughs) inside that's cold Inside, that's cold. You know what else is cold? There hasn't been a black woman on SNL since 2006. Now that is cold. That's cold. cold. It's, I can't believe we're even talking about it. It's hard to believe in 2014 we're still talking about the importance of diversity on television. And more specifically, the importance of African Americans on television. Here's why it's even more surprising. Nielsen, the respected company in America that tracks television news and ratings show African American consumers are 43 million strong and more aggressive consumers of media, and they shop more frequently. Blacks watch more television, 37%. Make more shopping trips, 8 Purchase more ethnic beauty and grooming products, 9 times more. Read more financial magazine, 28%. And spend more than twice the time. Hold on, we lost some money for a second. Give me one second. Than any other group, uh... any other group. That's why it comes as a shock. Let me pause this. Let me see. Samata, uh, we lost Samata for a second, guys, trying to work through these technical. Yo, you back? Oh, you back? I'm back. Lord have mercy. I'm so sorry, y'all. No, nah, no problem. No problem. Let me, um, let me pull this clip back. Uh, you missed a couple, like 30 seconds of dying. Let me, let me know if you can hear this. Yeah. Okay. From our New York studios, it's having it, difficulties because mm-hmm. it's so cold. <laughs> Don Lemon. You know it's cold when you can't get the equipment to work in the studio. <laughs> Inside. That's cold. Inside. That's cold. You know what else is cold? There hasn't been a black woman on SNL since 2006. Now that is cold. That's, That's cold. It's, I can't believe we're even talking about it. It's hard to believe in 2014 we're still talking about the importance of diversity on television. And more specifically, the importance of African Americans on television. Here's why it's even more surprising. Nielsen, the respected company in America that tracks television news and ratings, show African-American consumers are 43 million strong and more aggressive consumers of media, and they shop more frequently. Blacks watch more television, 37%. Make more shopping trips, 8 Purchase more ethnic beauty and grooming products, 9 times more. Read more financial magazines, 28%. And spend more than twice the time at personal hosted Oh wait, that's sad. They're getting the echo. Hold on. Hold on. They said they're getting the echo. Um, is it echoing on your side, Yolanda? It is not. Oh, okay. All right. Um, let me try to play it again. As a revered Thursday Night Live has not had a black female cast member since 2007. That's six years. Many people on social media believe it's not a big deal. I mean, I don't hear it. I'll be honest. Oh, you can't hear it. Oh, okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Quantity over quality. Um, 
let me just wrap this up basically he said black people um you know there's no black person on saturday night live and that's sad that's fucked up and uh and uh now that uh sashir zamata is going to be on the show uh he feels like you know she's talented she has a shot she's good um mm-hmm. he's hoping that her for her success and he ends it with the line um uh but for her she must be funnier than she is black and people lost their shit on twitter um like completely why mostly because of the one they don't like don lemon already and two the the uh she must be funnier than she's black there's no quantifying of blackness right so people are like what the fuck does that mean um and i did ask him the question he didn't answer it but i was like so what uh can you name some comedians that are blacker than they are funny i would like a list just so i could compare yeah um (laughs) he never answered me and i was just joking but i listened to this whole thing and um i'm gonna say zero out of 25 i do not think this is offensive at all I don't think he was off base. I don't think he was uh necessarily being negative. I just think we've gotten to a point where pretty much anything he says, people are going to go in on him. But I think his point is valid, which is if she's just a token on this show, people will turn on her as, oh, you're just here because you're black. They're not giving you anything to do. You're not funny. Um, the You know, the writing is not good. Whatever the reason is that you're not funny. Uh, people are going to turn on her for that and she'll get blamed regardless of what's happening. Yes, she will. And um, I think he, he made a valid point and it's sad that people got so twisted just because it was Don Lemon. Um, it's a zero for me and it's a zero because I understand the context in which he was speaking. Um, she is going to have to be funnier than she is black because the first thing that people are going to see is her black card. And basically all he was saying is that her comedy is going to have to be transcendent in the same way that when Eddie Murphy first came on SNL, um, he was a young black guy, but he was so damn funny. It wasn't about how black he was. It was just about how great of a comic he was. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a statement that he made that she can't use her blackness as a crutch. Like she's her jokes are going to have to transcend from even though she may have a black woman perspective or the writers may provide her with a black female perspective, her jokes can't just fall into the niche of you're the new black female comic. So the only jokes you can do are black female jokes. And I think it's going to be necessary for her if she's going to be successful on SNL to have transcendent comedy. She's going to have comedy. She's going to need to have comedy that hits on every single note every single time without excuse. And she is going to be held to a higher standard because the reality is as a black woman in any field, you have two strikes against you going in. So you have to be greater than the average. And it would be easier going in as a black male comic because you can do black comedy and you can do male comedy and then you can do cross gender comedy as a black woman going into this. She's just going to have to be epic regardless of what position she's put into. And from a writing perspective, you're speaking about how the writers, um, if your skit isn't put in, you're just not going on air. She's going to be have to be so damn good. She's on air all the time to justify her presence there. Because if she's not good as a black female comic brought in, people are going to ask Keenan to put his his dress right back on. Yeah, because and, she's not doing the job that she was brought in to do. Point blank. Period. And so they hired six. They hired six people this year. Name one other person. Nobody can. So that's why she has to be quote unquote funnier than she is black because. People are going to make this about her blackness. It's no way around it at this point. It's the reason that they're discussing her and not one of the other five people that were hired because this is the, this is the hire for lack of a better term. And it's, it's sad 
but that is the reality of it and i think don lim is absolutely correct about that so at the end of the day i don't i don't necessarily think that what he said was offensive i think that if if you don't understand the politics of and if you don't have a holistic view of what it is to be a black woman in any field you're going to get upset and i think that if you're small-minded enough to just make it a black situation then okay cool fine you know you can make it a black situation and i'm betting that the most most of the people who got upset were on black twitter because they were looking for new fodder to to, to get upset about right mm-hmm. but i think it all comes down to context i think kudos to her once again for landing the opportunity out of a sea of a lot of unknown black female comics because i'll be honest the only black female comic that i know is Samore and mm-hmm. you know monique and you know, based on the the relevancy and the age of a lot of the comics that come on SNL, they would they would have been my first choice if they, if people would be like, oh, who do you expect to be on you know SNL as a black female comic? But people have to understand, you have to be an actor too. Like mm-hmm. you can't like Monique is loud and she hits you with the baby and the you know and some more hits you with the. Ksh, ksh. They don't necessarily actors. have the depth and range necessary to no. pull off an SNL career. Number well, one. Well, the other problem um, is if you know their name. They're already too big to do SNL. Yep. If you can Pretty name much. them that, why, why the fuck would I, that's a demotion for like a Aisha Tyler, uh, for, um, uh, Wanda Sykes. That is a demotion of what they, like I do movies. The fuck I'm doing this shit for. So that was one of the problems. And it, and like I said, it's SNL's fault for not knowing the names of black female comics already. Yes, it is. Cause they, that's their job. Yeah. It's their job to yeah. hire people and that they should know. But, you know, in, in all fairness, it's also a lot of black people's fault because we don't fucking know these people. And then we want everybody else to be up on it. And it's like, you're not on it. That's true. Yeah, pretty much. And, you know, it's, it's at the end of the day, like I said, um, I don't think Don Lemon said it wrong. I do think that, unfortunately for her, the yardstick of success is going to be far longer than it is for Keenan or for any other black comic coming onto the show who is a male comic. But at the end of the day, I mean, she's she signed up to play the game. I hope to God she's an all-star for her own sake. Yeah. Because if you don't make it on S- on SNL and you've had this great opportunity, like, you're pretty much, like, you're always going to be remembered as the black female comic who couldn't cut it. Yep. Uh, we have another game we play here. And it's called Guess the Race. We're, we uh, read news articles and stuff, and we have the people that are guests on the show, Guess the Race. And the chat room plays along. Here's the theme music. Now that it's time for some Guess the Race. That's right, it's Guess the Race time. Hello? Yeah. Oh, did we lose Can you hear us? Okay, there you go. Oh, you couldn't hear us with the music? Yeah, I guess. Oh, oh this Uh-oh. is terrible. I don't know what's I'm, going on I'm with the audio. I don't hear anything, so y'all can just go ahead and play Guess the Race. I'm just, I'm just going to miss that memo. No, 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 no. Hold on. I just, so you can't hear this for a record. No music? It's dead air. Oh, oh. all right, cool. Well, she can't hear our audio, but that's fine. Uh, I will just, uh, get right into the articles then. Okay, guys, we'll do some singing next time. Um, my sorry. bad. No, it's no, not no, your no. fault. Um, I don't know what the fuck's going on with Skype today. The second I got on the air, something was cracking up. Yeah, it was. Anyway, guess the race. Newton, Newington, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Police are searching for a man who they say broke into a convenience store and stole a banana early Wednesday morning. <laughs> <laughs> according to surveillance video uncovered by police the suspect rammed a ford freestyle station wagon with connecticut plates into the store entrance several times breaking the glass the man entered the store he then took a banana from the shelf ate it and then exited the store (gasps) Mm -hmm. 
uh no other items were taken in the robbery so just a banana oh the car sustained damage to the driver's side rear bumper and tail light guess the race of the banana thief oh god damn i can't <laughs> i'm so mad at whatever race this person is because that's just the lack of cooth is just epic um he broke into the convenience store and stole a banana mm-hmm. and ate the banana in the convenience store before he rolled out yes oh so he got disrespected earlier to, um to he was nothing in the convenience store before and somebody came at him sideways and said something about bananas and he just felt that he had to prove a point i'm gonna guess somebody called a black man a porch monkey all right let's check the chat room and see what they believe in newton connecticut and he came back to prove a point the chat room says a white man in a yellow coat who wanted to feed a curious monkey named george oh i'm done one who (laughs) one who did it because he knew black people would be blamed white but was the watermelon okay i'm saying white (laughs) bird turd man in a yellow hat white cool craig and his wife is playing a melanin deficient quarterback who gets described as fantastic after throwing four interceptions white male with a potassium deficiency (laughs) a fan of red man that was playing let the monkey out on his ford if you want to be a monkey be a gorilla white man who only takes what he needs he is a scavenger not a looter meth white and high college kid white the correct answer is black it was a black man and the reason why i said it had to be a black person is because of how singular the theft was like there was no desperation about it it was a like stealing and eating the banana was about proving a point because if it was like a true theft you'd have gone in taken what you had to take and rolled out no this was about i'm gonna fuck up your store and i'm and i'm gonna take what you said i couldn't take yeah and i, I just feel like if it's if, if if there's a banana there's a porch monkey reference i knew there's a black man a bunch of people missed it they i'll play the boo sound effect for you guys so boo to all of them um <laughs> let's get to the next article uh uh miss super nerd is already one for one yes she is philadelphia <laughs> police are looking for an alleged swiss cheese pervert oh <laughs> there's a man who drives around in a car there's a picture of him i won't tell you guys the description of the picture because obviously that would uh you know allude you guys to what his race was um i will put the uh i will put the picture of the last guy though with the banana uh in the chat because it's it's literally him standing in the store holding a banana and i, I think it's the best picture i've ever seen in my life but um this guy <laughs> drives around with his pants off has swiss cheese um and it's in uh this town called mayfair i guess is the name of this town you're not even finishing it white man white man okay this is in philadelphia this is for the people in the uh chat that need to you know they don't know that they need to answer they need to guess right um apparently um he uh he drives around with the swiss cheese uh over his dick (gasps) his pants out down all the way and then he asked women if they would like to fillet him with in the swiss cheese he offers the money he offers the money to watch him put swiss cheese on his privates uh he's 40 to 50 years old he drives a newer model silver sedan and he's also been spotted in a black newer model sedan where i want to know where this guy's getting his money from me too uh they say if you see this guy people are lactose intolerant 
Oh. <laughs> 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 um, yeah, but he was also looking for someone to perform masturbation on him with the cheese. But how do you get your dick through a Swiss cheese hole? I mean, I'm just saying. Oh, damn. He cut it out. He measured and he cut it out. See, that, that, that depth of detail and the fact that, like, there's, like, no, like, the, the Swiss cheese just, no, that's, no. If it had been, like, some bacon, no, sorry, no, white man. All right. Well, let's check the chat room and see what they believe his race is. Um, um, and let's see here we go one whose skin is the same color as a swiss cheese and wanted to fornicate with cheese in something he calls cheese in a cracker oh my masturbating with cheese the ultimate white fantasy use can chaise with a lube cheese whiz i can't uh cheese whiz as lube uh craft cunnilingus expert white chester cheetah white blacker blacker than five niggas in suits leaned up against a wall reading newspaper this is some street harassment for your ass one whose pp can fit into the holes of swiss cheese white oh my karen i will let you determine the answer for this because i am conflicted on what this guy's race is um he is described as a white male in the article so i'm guessing that counts as white White. but then when you look at his facebook page he goes by the name black star what does that mean (laughs) I have no idea, but that look like a white dude. White dude. Okay, well, the mm-hmm. correct answer is white. And now Yolanda's two for two. I'm telling you, I, I just listen. When, I, when they said, when you said Swiss cheese, there was, we didn't need to go any further. Yeah, we had one person like, against black. I just, there's just some shit we, we as people of color just don't do. Mm-hmm. It, no, no. So you just, you just had a feeling that, you know, this was definitely uh, was a, a white man. Okay. Look, look, you know what the thing is, like, I'm hard-pressed to, to imagine a black dude having enough time to drive around with his dick out looking for somebody to suck his dick. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't have to apologize to me. You yeah. were right, and the racism proves you correct. Uh, everybody else in the chat room missed it. So boo to oh, you guys. to respond to Joe Spacely, who said, so had they said government cheese, I still would have thought it was a white man. Mm-hmm. Because some sometimes white people get on uh, public assistance. Yeah. You know, so white don't... People- ebt card and wick too so yeah mm-hmm. that is an urban myth that uh only we do that so you guys uh gotta gotta come around on your racism i'm putting a picture of him on the air uh that is that dude um it's time for the bonus round uh let me play the music even though i know yolanda can't hear it i'll do it for the chat i'll play a little couple bars for you guys wait here we go Double the points, double the race, double the points, and the race. That's right, it's time for the bonus round of Guess the Race, where everything's worth double the points and double the races. When Yolanda is two for two, are you nervous going into the bonus round, Yolanda? Yolanda, you nervous about going into the bonus round? Um, I'm not, I mean, I, I can't be nervous because I can't hear nothing. Okay, so. there you go. Um, I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to let this one ride. Okay um a man was a, hold on now i'm getting the echo again hold on let me call you right back sometimes i get an all echo right. all right let's see if this works i have no idea why the audio is crapping i gotta reset the computer as soon as we get off of this thing oh yeah see what happened what's happening sometimes in drinking yo you there i can hear you all right okay, cool. cool can you hear this music i cannot okay just checking um <laughs> Uh, a Pasco County man spent New Year's Day behind bars after sheriff's deputies say he assaulted his living girlfriend with a banana. 
authority responded to 36 year old joseph smolensky's home on afton lane in port ritchie early yesterday morning when they arrived smolensky lips his living girlfriend told them that he threw a banana at her he denied the accusation and told deputies she threw the banana at him according to arrest ah. affidavit the maybe it's a boomerang bananas are kind of shaped like that um the arrest affidavit the uh the arresting deputy noticed the victim's face was slightly red where she had said she had been hit by the banana the that deputy also observed the banana in the garbage and parts of the pill were on the ground near the couch where she was sitting when the deputy attempted to arrest molinsky he resisted and then he was pepper sprayed and taken into custody he now faces charges of domestic ba- domestic battery and resisting with arrest without violence deputies are holding him in jail without bond he research, he he's scheduled to make his court appearance thursday afternoon um, my favorite part about this is that at some point a csi detective had to put that banana in a bag and fingerprint it and that's everything. evidence yep mm-hmm. um an angry polish man so you're going with white um to, well smolensky is like is like eastern european so he has mm. to be like polish or like like if if, if he's not like fully like white he has he's mixed very is a polish name a very specific type of white she is a connoisseur of racism uh (laughs) leonard brothers says the cheese fucker from the last story after being inspired by reading about the first story oh my parental back talker says black rob (laughs) i like that white man who didn't get his this banana from a convenience store i'm guessing gorilla in the mist white saver savior says jtd last name ends with ski ski equals snow snow is white and he is white (laughs) (laughs) only white people will waste a good banana says cool craig yeah he didn't eat the banana that's That's true true. he didn't eat it threw it in the trash the punishment seems severe for banana throwing but white how dare you eat the last piece of cheese white and his polish sausage has to was too small to slap her with so he opted for a banana threw a banana at her because she smashed a black man white the correct answer is white. white uh so you got it right thank you good job good job um everyone got that one right last story guys before we get into sore ratchetness and we have to get out of here um there is a let me see what this one is a a couple that was arrested in oregon seaside oregon two customers who left an envelope full of meth as a tip for a waitress at a seaside restaurant friday are now facing a handful of drug-related charges now that's some good service <laughs> that's some service too good here's a bag of meth you were good do you write like you a sm- envelope of meth yep an envelope of crystal meth as a tip i'm gonna say white people okay go on white or at least one of them is white well uh they're both the same race i'll, I'll give you they're that both the same race mm-hmm. oh oh hold on meth yeah i'm gonna go with white white yeah. sounds right all right they were tipping so um <laughs> Ryan, <laughs> Ryan, that's how we got the name of the show. I tip, uh, Karen tips. Ryan Benson of Beaverton and Erica Manley of Cascade Locks were having some lunchtime drinks at the Twisted Fish Steakhouse in Oregon. When it came time to pay, they gave the waitress meth in place of a tip. You know, this could, you know, I blame the waitress for this. Sometimes the waiters try to be buddy buddy and all cool with you and shit yes they do and you don't need to do that just do your fucking job like i don't even like when waiters come over to me and they're all like what are you reading there buddy some comic books wah, 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 wah. shut yeah, up they do that a lot i'm reading my comic books not want to have a discussion about my comic books i'm not that guy um well, they say that building that rapport creates bigger tips 
right and that's their fault because i don't want them to do that it works for some people not for me um and uh this is what happened they probably came over was like what are you doing smoking some meth i like me some meth <laughs> i'll be like, right back leave you something it was like cool we'll just leave you some meth it's like i don't smoke meth i was lying just wanted that five dollars um seaside police officers responded to the restaurant and the waitresses identified identified the suspects who were arrested at the scene uh what a betrayal could you just get my meth back please i don't want to have to go to jail because of this shit i was trying to help you out uh they searched manly's porsche and i mean purse porsche ha, no meth head has ever driven a porsche oh no <laughs> uh the officers said they searched the per- her purse found a large amount of meth inside police Ooh. also served search warrants on the couple's hotel room and car they found more meth plus items linking them to manufacturing and dealing the drug these motherfuckers are paying for shit and meth that's terrible yeah man how much are these groceries fifty dollars don't you mean twenty dollars in a bag of milk (laughs) no i mean fifty dollars cash get the fuck out all of the evidence was passed to the state crime lab for uh, analysis benson was arrested on charges of possession of meth and manufacturing of meth manley was arrested for the same charges plus delivery of meth they were both booked into the clatsop county jail uh yolanda has already guessed white let's check the chat room and see what they believe the race is the color of the quarterback who will represent the AFC in this year's Super Bowl, which is white, one who would have denied, would have died of dysentery in the old computer game Oregon Trail, sure to be a Bitcoin user, white. White. Black, he knew white currency. Uh, the, they left a tip, so they must be white. They tipped obviously white, says uh, two more racist people in the chat. The correct answer is white. They were white. Uh, clap, 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 because she can't hear the audio. <laughs> Um, and, um, last story because we can't end the story without talking about, or uh, end the show without talking about sword ratchetness, people. It's going on. It's an epidemic. It's happening everywhere. Not mm-hmm. enough people are talking about it, but we here, the black guy who tips, have made it our personal goal in life to make people aware of the amount of terrible things that are happening with swords that are going unpunished and unnoticed. Ebensburg, a North Cambria man, was sentenced Tuesday to serve two and a half to ten years in state prison for a 2012 attack on a man. Uh, the defendant allegedly had said he said the, the defendant had allegedly bullied him. Troy Edward Lloyd, 20, 20 years old, who lived in Cherry Ridge Terrence housing projects in northern Cambria, stopped short of apologizing to the victim, Roger Jr. English, but told the court he did not intend for the events to end as they did. I want to say I'm sorry for what happened and how things ended up. Lloyd said, addressing the Cambria court judge, Linda Fleming. I just wanted to scare him. It escalated, and I didn't mean for it to happen that way. Yeah, that's what happens with swords all the time. They're escalators, guys. Ah! Okay, swords aren't stairs. They're escalators. Lloyd was described as completing the ninth grade and being unable to read and write. Now, how is that possible? How how do you pass? It's possible. He passed eight grades of shit and couldn't read. Like, who are these teachers and why aren't they all retroactively fired? That's the truth. Public school system. Yeah. Even still, fire they ass too. Like, what does that, uh, yeah, so did you see the questions in number eight? Uh, number, what's, what's the eight? Oh lord, now what's the eight? Just get out of my class. You have a sword and I don't feel like arguing. Um, he pleaded guilty to aggravated assault on October 28th after the jury had been seated for the trial and opened the statements made by the defense and prosecution. Lloyd was charged with nine counts, including attempted homicide, aggravated assault, terroristic threats. In April 13, 2012, uh, attack on the English outside of Lloyd's home. 
the attack was carried out with an 18 inch decorative sword there's no such thing as a decorative sword people ah, all, all, all swords, swords cut. work all, all cut all swords work unlike guns sometimes people can have a gun and it doesn't have the cr- proper the proper firing mechanisms inside of a display gun sometimes a gun really is just a model there's no such thing as a model sword they all fucking cut <laughs> The 18-inch decorative sword that was thrust into the left side of English's chest, the blade what? pierced English's right lung and fractured his sternum. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. What did you cut him sideways? Say it with your chest indeed. Oh, feel it in your chest. In addressing the court, English said that while he and Lloyd had problems in the past, he denied bullying him and say at first he tried to help Lloyd. Help him what? What? Hey, man. I have a problem. Oh, I can solve that by putting a sword in your chest. Thank you for trying to help, but no thanks. I have any problems that can be solved with this shit. That's the truth. Impelling you with my sword might help. Nah, I'm good. I'm good. I think I'm going to just drive over to CVS, see if they got something. I did everything I could for the kid until he accused me of stealing, English said. He said the night of the incident, the two had been drinking alcohol, of course. (laughs) There was no way I was bullying him, he told he told me God told him to do it to me, English testified. <laughs> Apparently, wow. walking on water and stabbing your buddies in the chest, that's what God's up to in 2013. That's what's hot this year. Yeah. God, God's, God is, is, is up to some strange stuff. He's run out of stuff to do. And he's down to he's telling in, people he's to. In the, he's into killing folks. Yeah, he's into telling people to drown and stabbing your friends. God has changed a lot. Uh, an argument broke out between the defense attorney Thomas Dickey and Scott Lilly, the chief deputy of the appellate divisions of the Cambria County District Attorney's Office, over allegations that English bullied a member of Lloyd's family the day after the guilty plea. Fleming said it was an issue for another day. She would not consider it in the sentencing, and the deal hammered out the day of the plea. Both sides agreed to the sentence, though Fleming questioned it because the minimum was below the standard range for sentencing. Lilly and Dickey said they agreed to the lower minimum prison sentence so that there could be a long period of probation for Lloyd. We got something and the defense gets something. He gets a lower minimum. We get a greater maximum. Uh, as part of the plea deal, they dropped charges filed against Lloyd in July for an attack on a family member. So still giving this guy a lot of lenience because it's a sword. If the guy was uh, shooting people with a gun, he would have been in prison forever. But it's a sword, so minimum two and a half years. Terrible. Wow. Yep. Um, Yolanda. Thank you so much for doing the show, man. I, yes, thank you, sweetie. We enjoyed you when you were on for, um, you know, uh, our spoiled movie review for The Best Man. Yes. Um, complete coincidence, really, because I just put out on Twitter, like, anybody want to be on this show? I need a black woman. Um, cause I, I didn't want to do Best Man review without a black woman. That's, that's like blasphemous, in my opinion. And, uh, you came on and you knocked it out the park, and we were like, you know, you should come back and do a regular show, and you knocked this out the park. Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's cool, man. Uh, this we gotta, has been fun. Yeah, we'll definitely have you back again, we man. Will. And uh, you definitely uh, knocked it out the park, had a good time. Thank you for staying so long. Go to MissSuperNerd.com. Follow her on Twitter, at MissSuperNerd. Yeah, she's beautiful, y'all. Yeah, uh, yeah. you Pardon? know, I hate to just be out there pimping the guests, but I will do it for the yeah, listeners. Yeah, she is very she pretty. She is extremely attractive, and you guys should all go check her out. I love her now. Yeah, them legs. Yes, yeah. ma'am. She talked to me for 20 minutes about comic books. I'm in love. I know all the other people in nerds are in love. Mm-hmm. So uh make sure you guys go out there, all you sapiosexuals, get your protractors out and get to tweeting her. <laughs> 
and uh see what you guys can do um we'll be back tomorrow at 9 p.m our guest should be uh the black astronauts uh podcast um so uh all those guys will be on and we'll be talking some uh a bunch of other stuff you know a bunch of crazy stories and uh i think that's it so good luck to the panthers fuck the 49ers and their fans who are terrible people (laughs) i did not i didn't say that Now that my team's not in it, I can talk shit. Uh, fuck y'all. <laughs> I hope y'all lose, uh, and stop kicking homeless children. Um, until tomorrow, I love you. I love you too, baby. Mwah. <laughs>